inches. That's not so hot. I guess uh, this guy's gonna die. It's on top of the it's car. It's on top of the car. <laughs> what do you want in this sandwich? Ah, I want guff. Welcome to AV Club 69. Shh. No talking, it's about to start. Hello and welcome to another episode of AV Club 69 with me, Mark, and my esteemed colleague, Rob. Yes, there he is. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Having a very lazy day at home today. Fully into winter, really, aren't we, with this weather? I know that you mentioned, though, that you've been a bit luckier where you are. Yes, it hasn't. Yeah, it's been clear, but it, it's certainly been chilly. I mean, uh, you know... My my cockles are no longer are no longer warm. <laughs> oh wow, that's that's very unfortunate. How are your winkles? <laughs> my winkles, they're okay. They're holding on, but good, uh, good. yeah, so, but, holding on like those limpets to a rock. <laughs> that's right. A bit more like barnacles, though. I'd say. <laughs> Uh yeah so yeah it's just getting cold isn't it? But we've had no snow or anything because you know I guess we don't really get snow at Christmas anymore, do we? No, no, especially not with all the global warming. I mean, we used to be lucky to get a bit back in the day, but nothing sticks, not anymore. Not unless you're like in the highlands, but no, <laughs> no one's up there. No one's up there, no. We used to get some freezing rain at least, so look, the, everywhere turned into an ice ring. That was always Ooh. quite fun. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you're worth. That's all you deserve. <laughs> yeah. Some I want everywhere frozen, rain. so a nice little sheet of ice. So when you walk down, you know, you can't walk down a street, you just slide. It's, it's you know, it's just good fun. Unless you're yeah. obviously, you know, uh, unless you're a bit, um, a bit, uh, what do you call it, delicate there, should we say. Mm, a bit of a snowflake. <laughs> ah, but, oh, delicate, <laughs> delicate little snowflake. Well, mate, they'll have to just, they'll have to use a bit of cotton wool, wrap them up and, you know. Just not go anywhere, not move exactly an inch. So exactly, well, nothing says Merry Christmas like an accident claim, does it? So That's compensation right. for everyone. Ho uh, ho ho! That's <laughs> right. You know, get your presents for next year sorted. No problem. Get that PS Five finally. Finally. Well, I look forward to next Christmas, but we've still got this one to get through yet, Rob. Yeah, and boy, true. howdy, do I have a real humbug dinger for you today? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I. I Oh, that sounds good. A humbug dinger. That sounds fantastic. Yes. <laughs> well, open wide, because here it comes. We open to the sound of handbells playing. You know, like those ones that you sometimes get given in primary school, those little handbells. Yeah. And um, it's playing a very Christmassy style tune as we focus on a shot of a big house, another theme uh, of these Christmas films. But this one is slightly different because it has these sort of cannons that are pointing skyward, that are streaming out some sort of gas or spray as men in lab coats walk across a lawn. At the same time, the narration of a little girl is playing over top. She's speaking out loud the letter that she is writing to Santa Claus. Ooh. Cue the title card. <laughs> Triumphant Christmas music crashes in as we open on a shot of an animatronic Santa. As the little girl continues to narrate. Uh, narrate? <laughs> narrate. <laughs> it's a narrow kind of speech. 
It's very narrow, yes, exactly. <laughs> Just only very small words, mainly vowels. <laughs> we then pull out from the uh, animatronic Santa and pan down, tracking through a window where we see the little girl. But then she hears some sort of commotion out the window, Rob. Is it a clatter? Whatever is the matter? She looks outside to see an ice cream truck dragging away a Christmas tree as a group of people scream in panic. <laughs> oh, my God. Christmas is ruined. It is. That tree, it's, uh, yeah, like those, those needles have dropped, my friend. Then we cut new location to a man in camo gear. He's sneaking through some bushes and he sneaks up on this grand house where we see members of help or staff that are uh, walking around, various roles. Then our man in camo sneaks up on one of the staff members who is currently smelling some roses in a bush, but is also carrying a machete? <laughs> what? Question mark? <laughs> the, the camo man sneaks up on this, let's call him the gardener, shall we? And the gardener, he turns around in surprise and swings the machete at our camo man, but Camo Man makes very light work of him. Judo chop! <laughs> the gardener is down, to which the Camo Man quips, never stop to smell the roses. <laughs> so, yes, there is your opening sequence. Um, I will let you just digest Wow. aperitif. Aperitif? <laughs> I've already got some, yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yes. Uh, wow. Well, Gardner should know better than to smell his own roses. Goodness sake. I mean, exactly. he, he had a machete. So was he already expecting trouble? I got a feeling he was. And mm, I, the camouflage guy, I, I mean, he's obviously really needs to get inside. But the kid's inside this house, right? Well, I mean, it is a new location, so they are two separate oh, locations. Oh, right. Okay, 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 right. So that it's heavily, it's guarded. You said, so the, the pit with people with the lab coats, is that the different place? Or is that the same place that got attacked by this camo guy? The lab coat place is a different place. Right, okay. Maybe that's where the kid is then. Okay. So, yeah, okay, wow. There's, so... He's trying to get in with the Christmas and the Christmas tree incident. Is that at the first location with the kid or is that the the um, now smelling the roses kind of place? <laughs> no. So, yeah, the Christmas tree incident that is at the first house. Uh, right. That is at the sorry, the house with the kids. Sorry. Right. So the kids are looking and... out going, oh, my God, someone's run over a Christmas tree. Yeah. So actually, this what's happening is that the Christmas tree is being dragged behind the uh, ice cream truck. And so. Yeah, it's being dragged away by the ice cream truck. But why? Oh, I mean, me. I mean, uh, is it a drunk driver, do you think, because it's Christmas? Is that that's a classic Christmas thing, isn't it? People getting drunk Could and be. driving ice cream vans. I mean, what's an ice cream van doing in the middle of winter? That's a bit strange, don't you think? Oh, yeah, suspicious. Mm, very very suspicious. suspicious. Maybe it was like a surveillance van or something in disguise, and he's uh, being made out, and he had to panic, and he just ran over a tree. Um, or <laughs> or the world's slightly gone to shit, and those people are chasing after them. I want ice cream! <laughs> it's freezing cold, but I want a slushy. I don't know. You never know. Like yeah. People be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, mate, it's just spun me around completely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to visualise it in my head of the big house with the lab coat guys, the girl in there writing her thing to Santa. Um, ooh. There is a lot of different elements, yeah. There, there's yeah. not exactly the stereotypical Christmas elements right now, is it? No. Other it, than the tree, which yeah. is being dragged away. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay, yeah, well, yeah. The ice cream van's a bit weird. And a guy getting, well, the, say, guard, we called him a gardener, just getting taken out and... He had I just the fact he had a machete definitely was expecting some trouble. He was maybe not actually a gardener. He was just pretending okay. to be one, and it was yeah. all everything. And he just got he got caught out. I mean, he stuck out like a a, a gardener's thumb. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> I was gonna. I was wondering if you were gonna play the green thumb card. <laughs> ah, there you go. It's our new card that's only reserved <laughs> for this very specific movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet I just. I'm gonna have to just play a bit of custard card here. I, I really do need. I need a little bit more. I need to be drowned in some custard, sir. That's it. Get put your trunks on. We're going for a swim. Hey, get a snorkel at. So we still hold on the camo man who's at this house, right? And so, yeah, it's another grand house and he's he's made light work of the gardener. But then he continues to sneak up on this house and he's about to pick up this gold box when suddenly a chef in a retro cartoon-styled chef hat wielding a meat hammer runs screaming towards our man. But again, he is taken down without even breaking a sweat. Ooh, I know. But then there's another man which I'll just call the Maniac Man because he screams like a maniac. He's literally just like... (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a minute. Is this a Muppet movie? It's it's not a. It sounds movie. like the chef going hold the hold the hold the all, and this yeah. animal going. Gobble, gobble, turkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Animals coming and just going. Rah! So uh... yeah, and then fuzzy bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a shame. Anyway, um, sorry. Carry on. Unfortunately not. So yes, and so this maniac man, he flying kicks the camo man. Um, and so, you know, the cameraman, he can't have that. So over the balcony, Maniac Man goes. Way. But, th- but then an Asian chauffeur comes in as a generic Asian motif <laughs> music plays as he does some sort of kung fu moves. But again, like the rest, he is taken down. But then Maniac Man is back wielding... A- what do you think he's wielding? Oh, uh, bazooka. <laughs> it's not a bazooka. Uh, it's a rake. A Maybe ra- he's the gardener. Yeah, yeah, I mean, wow. <laughs> oh, wow, okay, he's got a rake. Uh, what's he, I mean, he's definitely going to stand on it and hit himself in the face. Like Sideshow Bob, yeah. Classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so basically, though, um, we kind of carry on with this this wave of of you know generic um sort of mansion house staff essentially coming up to attack him and then we cue the sound of a petrol motor as a man starts up a strimmer or a weed whacker for our stateside listeners which i'm sure are out there and attempts to do what others the others couldn't you know he wants to take them out and then now our camo man is beset on all sides um and he reaches for what do you think he reaches for hmm I don't know. Is it, uh, so he, he's in the house, did you say? He's outside. No, they're, so they're still outside on the oh. patio, and the strimmer man, the, the strimmer man, is um <laughs> is approaching him. <laughs> right. Okay. Maybe he reach. Does he have some nunchucks in his in his on his person? Maybe. He doesn't have any nunchucks, Rob, but he does see something on a table. He sees something that's a massive salt shaker. <laughs> Well, it's not the salt shaker, but it's something that you would 
put salt on. It's a delicious breakfast that's just sitting on this table. <laughs> and so what he does is he he picks up this plate and he looks at the breakfast and he quips, Brie omelette, very nice. Throws the breakfast off the plate and then uses the plate as a shield to fight the streamer man. <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> then... Then, I'll give all this away for free because it's quite the sequence. Right. Then, a butler carrying a tray and a glass of wine lifts the glass of wine off the tray, uses the tray as a frisbee and lobs it at Camo Man. <laughs> but Camo Man, he catches it mid-air. Now armed with two plates, the chef comes in for a second attempt but is foiled by the Camo Man using two plates as, like, symbols <laughs> and whacks the chef upside the head as a, as a, as a symbol sound effect plays. <laughs> <laughs> but but then but then stripper man maniac man they're the butler they've all moved in they've got him cornered they've got him pinned tension builds oh my god and then uh, all the weapons are pointed at his neck and then what happens Rob what do you think happens? oh there's got to be backup surely there's gonna be some sort of or maybe yeah someone comes in and starts firing the shit out of everything okay okay. Would you like to? Would you like to know what happens? Oh, so. hang on. So, oh, I just feel like, or maybe someone comes. So, is this is camo guy? He's gonna. He's surely he's gonna have some backup. Maybe. Mm, yeah, go on then. I can't think of what I'm gonna. What it's gonna be? It could be anything. <laughs> it could be. So, what the camo man does is he he calls time, and one of the guys says four minutes twenty three seconds. Oh, the whole thing was a ruse, Rob. It was a training exercise, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, god damn it. <laughs> so he's uh he asks his staff, so they're his staff. He says, How did he do? And the staff pander to him and they say, Oh, well, you know, you did a great job, boss, and all this stuff. And he calls them weasels and says that if they're looking for a Christmas bonus, they can forget it. Oh, Scrooge McDuck. Mm. Yeah, it would oh. appear. It would appear so. So okay. so yes, so there is your intro to Camo Man. Um which I can reveal his name if you like. His name is Blake Thorne. Blake Bourne? Thorne. Oh, no, not Bourne. Not like Jason Bourne. He's the gardener. <laughs> Blake Thorne. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. A rose by any other name uh, or whatever. <laughs> a ro- uh, yeah, there's no silly jokes. Come on, stop it now, me. Right. Um, Rod Blake Thorne. That's, quite a, Blake that's quite, Thorne. A, quite a good name, Blake Thorne. It is, isn't it? Oh, okay. I'll tell you what. I'm going to... I'm going to play a mise-en-scene, a mode de player. And I'm going to go for the time period of this movie. I'm guessing it's like the 80s or something. Okay, the time period. You want the time period? The time period for this film, Rob, is the 90s. And we're in 1996. 96. Mid-90s. Okay, so we're sort of still the rock territory, you know, things exploding for no reason kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. Right. Hmm. Okay. I thought for some reason there, I thought you meant like Dwayne Johnson. Like, can you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> it's a brie omelette, fool. <laughs> way ahead of its time there. Way ahead of its time. Very um, much so. All right. Okay. Well, hmm. Okay. So, so it's a training exercise. He's training for something. Maybe the little girl is trapped in this building. She's being like, I don't know, she's got some rare thing and they're like, She's not, you know, she's just having a miserable time at Christmas, and she's he's got to go and save, he's got mm-hmm. to go and save her or something like that. I, I that's what I'm thinking so far. Um, okay. Uh, 
Actually, do you know what? I'm going to go crazy and go for a hook, line, and sinker just to give you a bit more info. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, that's that's a sensible choice, I would say. So, hook, line, and sinker. Let me just scroll to said section. Da, 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 da. I used to have a boy for this, but I uh, had to have him put down. So, it's all on me now to go through my notes. <laughs> um <laughs> So hook, line, and sinker. So there's two that I found because I've I've found that this kind of crops up a couple of times because I guess it depends on what poster was released and and such in which market or whatever. Yeah. But so one of our taglines is, "He's arrived in the Saint Nick of time." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Straight out of a Christmas cracker. Yeah. And our other one is, "He's naughty. He's nice." And he's coming to save Christmas. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, unfortunately, unlike the trap is set, the game is on, like reindeer games, I mean, it doesn't give you anything. <laughs> no, so. it doesn't. I mean, just in the St. Nick of time. So <sighs> That should give you maybe a sense of the tone of comedy, I guess, in, yeah. in this movie, yeah. um, with such which high-quality puns. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, he's, I mean, he's going to have to save Christmas. He's gonna well. He's gonna end up being well. He's gonna have to end up say, um, helping Santa or some or or taking over from Santa or something like that. Um, okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's just play a custard card, mate. Let's let's move this on because I want to. I I really. I'm a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit lost here. Where the hell this okay. is gonna go? I need just need a little bit more. I reckon. <laughs> okay, all right. That's what you addicts always say, mate. You're addicted to it, yeah? <laughs> Gotta lay off it. Custard! <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. So, moving on from that, then. So, we, we find out that, yeah, his name is Blake Thorne. And, um, you know, his, uh, he, he's chatting now with his staff and he's sort of talking about a disappointment with his, his time there that he got, the four minutes and so many seconds. The camera then passes uh, a table. So we're walking now with Blake and his staff and it passes a table that's full of tubs of... What do you think it's full of tubs of? Ice cream? It's not ice cream, no. Oh, Custard! <laughs> it's not custard, but what would happen if you froze custard? Oh, um, what? If you froze... Oh, sorry, no, that doesn't make any sense. I got confused with... <laughs> you confused me with the ice cream thing. Whoops. What happens if you froze ice cream? Um, okay. I meant if you dried it out, sorry. If you dried out custard, if you dry it, well, you'd, you'd have end up with powder. Powder, okay. That's right. Oh, so is it then... some drugs? It's not drugs, but it's protein powder. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's called Blake's Way Mass Maker Slash Bulk Builder. He's got oh. two products on the go. Oh, my goodness. So so just a little insight on what he does there. Um, anyway, so he's chatting away to his staff, and he's saying, like, you know, hey, this design is, is terrible. It doesn't make me look good. I, I, I should be more tanned, you know, and this picture should be bigger, blah, blah, blah. So we're getting a bit of a sense of his character there. Mm. And so he has these these rules for some reason um, that he just sort of kind of lives by I guess they're kind of sort of like bumper sticker styled quotes or idioms really and he's inside with his staff and his butler is telling him about how a non-for-profit company wants to host a fundraiser here at his mansion and he sort of just tells them to basically like well you know uh, can't really do that um, and what we'll do instead is we'll just send him some of my protein powder and uh, make sure that uh, you know you know what to do Chaz and Chaz his butler replies with 
Yep, make it a tax write-off. So you can see he's an unscrupulous guy, this guy, you know, the, dealing in the dodgy world of protein powder. <laughs> so I'm getting the sense here it's going to be one... Okay, so the story is going to be he is someone, he's a very vain, he's a narcissistic uh, person, and he's all about him, 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 him. So mm-hmm. he's obviously going to he's gonna end up realising that it's actually more, there's more to life than just him. So something's got to happen. Um, mm. This is where, this is, yeah, so mm, I'm getting that sense this is where the, the plot's going to go. So, okay. Yeah. So you think it's going to be some sort of scenario where he has to change his ways. So you th- yeah. it's feeling a bit like a Christmas Carol kind of vibe. Do you know what? I think it's going to be the kid is, he's going to end up having to, Maybe the kids, he's going to end up having to save this kid. Uh, and he's like, oh, I don't like you. You're a stupid little kid. And <laughs> and then by the kid ends up teach. he's like, you you know, you don't know anything. You're a stupid kid. But actually, the kid ends up teaching him something. That's <gasps> what I'm going to go for. My God. It teaches him how to feel. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's going <laughs> to he's going to go from being a huge dick just to, to a little tiny dick. <laughs> a little wiener. That's what we all hope <laughs> Little for. wiener. Camo guy. Oh, no. That's right. Oh, he's going to end up being a little prick. I like his name. <laughs> well said, sir. Well said. Well, let's, let's see if we can, let's see if we can take a little trip down the uh, candy cane lane, shall we? And see if we can get there. Okay. Um, so I should have mentioned at the point that he's having this conversation with Chaz, the butler, Chaz is handing him something and that thing is a paintball gun. And so he's just <laughs> filling up this paintball gun with pellets as he's having this conversation about fobbing off this non-for-profit company. And then Blake, he runs outside to a team of people and they are waiting in they're waiting in certain vehicles. Any guess on the vehicles? Oh, uh they're waiting is it like Land Rover Range Rovers or like or yeah, Range Rovers? Well, you're close. Um, a bit bigger than Range Rovers. Oh, Hummers, Humvee. <laughs> That's right, Humvee. <laughs> <laughs> Classic, 1996. Is this a Michael Bay movie? Because it sounds like it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So they're waiting in Humvees as upbeat military music starts to play. So it could be. <laughs> so they are in these Hummers, and there's some other guys on dirt bikes, and they're rolling out. And the dirt bikes speed past. What do they speed oh. past? Oh, do they speed past? Oh, is there someone waiting, like surveilling them or something? Not surveilling, but some some member of society that you know might carry out those duties. Oh, well, the police, the police, the cops. Right. Um. So, fun fact: um, the cop is uh, Clint Howard. Do you know who that is? No. So he's the guy from Austin Powers in the control room. You know, he's like, sir. We got a we got a we got a big boy, or it looks like a giant oh, wiener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Which I didn't realise, but he's one of those guys that has been in like over 200, 250 movies. Like he's got so many credits to his name. He's got these all these background characters. Brilliant. You'd probably remember him from that. So he's our cop for this movie, okay? And so yeah, so they drive past the cops, and it's old Clint, uh, uh, Clint Cop, as we'll just sort of call him for now. <laughs> who overreacts and fumbles into action. And then we cut to Blake in the Hummer, now being pursued by Clint Cop. And his team mate uh, in the seat next to him, uh, next to Blake, he sort of says, why don't you just pull over? But then Blake reminds him of one of his rules. What do you think one of his rules are? 
Um, never look back or something ridiculous like that. That's it. Never look back in anger. Oh. <laughs> no, it's never surrender, oh. which he says in a gleeful, childlike way. Takes a paintball gun and then just starts shooting at the cop car. <laughs> Oh my and god. And then we've just got cop cars and dirt bikes and hummers. Oh my. They speed through town as we see a sign saying visit Santa at Lakeville Mall with a picture of Santa on it. And then Blake, he says we can lose them at Lakeville. He says he uh, grew up there and there's loads of places to hide. What a random bit of dialogue. <laughs> and then we cut to a cop and he's unnecessarily unloading a shotgun that just blasts straight through the sign of Santa Claus, <laughs> which just seems very unnecessary to me. It's, it's, this is some foreshadowing here. This is some foreshadowing. It's all about we're heading towards Santa, and maybe there's the real Santa at the mall, and he gets shot and, and gets injured, and then he has to take <laughs> over and become Santa Claus. Become Santa Thor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's see. Let's see. Okay. So, right. so actually, yeah. So that's a good guess, actually. So the chase continues, and then we focus on Blake in the Hummer, and then he gets to another rule. Rule twenty-one. What do you think rule twenty-one is? Oh, bloody hell! Um, uh, run over as many dogs as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. That's number fifteen, Rob. You should know your rules. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So no rule twenty-one. When in doubt, get out. So he jumps from the moving vehicle and heads through the parking lot of the mall. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? So yes, there's a lot of random thoughts and feelings so far. Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty ridiculous. Um, obviously, rule. You know what rule this is? Blah blah blah. So you end up learning rules. Let's just make it up as a girl alone. You know, um, if in doubt, get out. That sounds like some people sort of like yeah, other the policies and other things. Um, mm, true. So um, he's just sorry, he's just legged it across the car park. Yeah, he's just legged it out of this car. <laughs> he's got. I'm going to hide in Santa's grotto. That's where he's going to go. He's going to end up in Santa's grotto. That's my guess. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a ding already for that, Rob, because you are right. He does end up in the grotto. Okay. But. Let's see how he gets there. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, do you want to play any other cards at this yeah, time? Yeah, I think um, I think I'll play. I've I've got to I've got to play a, a bit of flip the script here. You know, I feel like I've been waiting too long already. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. All righty. Okay, let's flip the script. So we've got a few characters here. So we've got someone called Clayton. We've got Leslie. We've got Sarah. We've got Lenny. There's a lot going on here. We got, uh, and then we've got Tyler, and then Blake obviously is in this as well. So Clayton says, uh, water and power lines? Leslie says, telephone cables. Sarah says, sewer? Lenny, <laughs> Lenny says, rats. Big ugly rats. <laughs> Tyler says, the clubhouse. Blake says, the clubhouse? Leslie, oh yeah, the old catacombs under the church. The kids use it as a clubhouse. <laughs> what? Tyler says, and there's a big vault door down there. Vault door. There's your flip. Oh, my God. There's a vault door down there. Yeah, the catacombs. <laughs> what? So, the... <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, okay. Well, that that that's as clear as mud. Um, it truly is. Wow, thanks for that. That really is really has thrown a cat amongst the pigeons, isn't it? Um, it really has amongst the catacombs. <laughs> yeah, the. Ca- <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we, I think we're, we're definitely honing in on this ridiculousness of this movie already. I think we're uh, on the, on their level. Okay, uh-huh. okay. I so think they're so. talking about power lines and also and 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 yeah, and so that they're all let me done some recon or something, and they're because they're training for so he trains for something as if he's going to be on some big mission or something, and the cops mm. are looking at him so. They're obviously just trying to, yeah. They're going to go on some sort of like, it's well, it sounds like a heist now. Sounds like another wow. heist, Mark. Is this another <laughs> heist movie? The Christmas Christmas is a great time for a heist, Rob. It's just it's one of those known facts. <laughs> I will let you know now that it is not a heist movie. I'll put you out of your misery on that okay, front. Right, um, okay. Or is it? Or is it actually? I don't know. I didn't think about it in that way. But I guess you could probably shoehorn the. No, but not really though. It's not. Oh well, not that, eight. that's it's the, not an Ocean's Eight or Ocean's Eleven. Oh or my god. Okay. Um. All right. So, yeah, I. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, so this is obviously quite. This is way away from the the mall part, right? This is not near that. This is somewhere else. That is there. That's further on. Um, yeah, okay. But obviously, and so yeah. I thought I'd give you that because it is the most random sounding one. But there is some very key information in there. So you know that there is catacombs under the church, and that the kids play in the clubhouse. Right. I mean, it sounds like cryptic. It sounds like I'm trying to recruit you for some CIA training or something. <laughs> the kids are in the clubhouse. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I was a bit. I was quite certain about my whole idea earlier, but that's <laughs> thrown me completely. <laughs> I guess I just that's have okay. to play another custard card. Get get. Um, let's find out how he gets to that grotto because that, that was something we need to find out, isn't it? And okay. Maybe I can get back on track. So we follow Blake, and yes, he enters the the mall, and then we see a bunch of kids waiting for the mall Santa. But he's nowhere to be found, Rob. Oh, no. Then we cut to a bunch of guys in a break room. They're just chilling out, but they're dressed as elves. Jingle Bells is playing in the background um, over the mall speakers. Then we meet Lenny. He's talking on the phone, and he's saying he's just had a streak of bad luck, that's all. He'll have the money for them today. Don't worry about it, guys. When a woman, maybe the mall manager, I can only assume, she walks in. And she says that she's got 50 bucks for the first person who finds a Santa. Lenny's uh-huh, elf ears perk here up we go. and say that his luck has just changed. <laughs> and uh, he has to go, so he hangs up on the phone. And then I think, okay, so Lenny, I was like, the lady's offering 50 bucks, Lenny. I mean, it's hardly going to bring you out of poverty. I mean, <laughs> this if this is a debt, it's not really a debt, is it? 50 bucks. So we cut to, though, we cut to the man that he was talking to on the phone, that Lenny was talking to on the phone. And this man, he is known as Dr. Blight. Dr. Blight. <gasps> is he to do with the lab coat guys in the earlier on? He is to do with the lab coat guys, Rob. Oh. Ding, ding. Okay. That's correct. Right. Okay. And so he was on the other end of the phone. Now, he is currently outside the big house that you saw at the beginning in a very cartoonish getup in his lab coat. And he's recording into his dictaphone. That he needs to get the payment. Why didn't he just use his finger? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. No, no, no. That was good. That was good. Um, He 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 makes a note saying that he needs to get the payment from Lenny today or cause mass hemorrhaging 
Which I was like, well, that's a bit dark. <laughs> that's a bit, that's a bit, that's not, that's not on, mate. It's All a right, very, very, very sort of clinical way to say I'm going to stab you, isn't it? Yes, it's, exactly you know, right. I'm going to cause massive, massive um, and collective hemorrhaging. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Oh, I'm going to spill your hemoglobin. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to watch the white blood cells pour out of you. Oh, God. Well, I mean, that's kind of correct as to what this character is like, actually. So so all the while, some cartoonish music is playing, but Dr. Blight isn't alone, Rob. Who do you think is there? Is it, is it Santa? He's there. He's there. <laughs> He's behind it's the whole not, thing. <laughs> it's not Santa, unfortunately, although that would have been a logical choice. <laughs> is it the little girl? Not the little girl, no. It's kind of hard, this little bit in between here, because they're trying to establish the world building, but they're very bad at it. So <laughs> any other card you would want to play, sir? I tell you what, this uh, rod and reel card, let's, let's remove some false guesses of mine. Okay, that's a good idea. So well, what was your most prominent guess there? Because obviously you guessed that um, if he's going on a journey of kind of discovery or mm. if... Um, he's going to end up in a situation where he has to like help out the girl. Was that your guess as well? Yeah, so he's going to be he's going to end up being Santa uh, in the mall, is my guess. And then he ends up meeting those guys who pretend to be elves, which is those are the guys that end up trying to rob the catacombs. Okay, you are correct that he does become Santa there in the mall. That that does happen. That's correct. Ding. He does meet the girl as well, the little girl, but he doesn't have a confrontational uh, thing with her. Like, you, you guessed earlier about how he was going to sort of be abrasive, but no, that's not the case. Oh, so but she was going to end up sort of softening him up by being in his life, because obviously he's a bit of a, you know, narcissistic prick, so... She does soften him up, but he's not overtly, uh, like, get out of the way, you little brat, or anything yeah, like yeah, that to yeah, her. Yeah, okay, right. Um, so you asked, yeah, so that's... Um, that's so they do end up becoming a partnership, then, effectively. They do, yes. But then the elves aren't the ones that are trying to get into the vault. <laughs> That's okay. such a stupid sentence. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay, cool. Well, um, all right. Well, this this is rolling some more custard. All right. Let's keep going. Right. Okay. So, okay. So where were we there? So we meet, yes. So we meet Dr. Blight. And he's not alone because he is with a man that is only known as Mr. Rapini. And it's not really important because we don't really see him again. He is there and he's got Mr. Rapini in a certain sticky situation there. He's got him hanging upside down. Oh. Yeah, I know. Dark. He's Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's got Mr. Rapini hanging upside down on the lawn there where Dr. Blight, though, he buggers off, right? And then a CRT TV, you know, like the old school TVs, uh, is now in front of Mr. Rapini and it comes to life and we meet another character, Rob. Could you want to guess this guy's name? Hmm. It's got a sort of Christmassy name. Uh, Jack Frost. Oh, it's not Jack Frost. You're right with the frost. Uh, oh, not J Frost. Uh, um... What? <laughs> yeah, well, his his oh, last name is Frost. I'm Frost. Um, Mr. Frost. David Frost. David Frost. What? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Frost versus Nixon. I don't know. What? I'm confused. His name is Ebner Frost. Eb oh, how would I guess that? Eb I don't know. Well, I thought you might have said Ebenezer. Oh, like Ebenezer. Oh, no. He's a good. He's a good. Oh. Um, He's Ebenezer good. <laughs> Ebner 
Ebna Frost. Well, at least I got. I can't believe I got Frost right. That was pretty good going, I'd say. You you did. I think that's good. I think you know what? That's just your full marks for that one. Full points. We're not going to do a. We're not going to do a QI and start deducting. (laughs) Oh, okay. So Ebna Frost. What does he got to say? Well, Ebna Frost, he tells Rapini that he hopes that they can come to some sort of arrangement. And Ebna goes on to introduce his roster of scientists who have all been kicked out of their respective fields for being different. Ooh. So now this is where I put here in my notes that this is where it gets batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was already crazy. Shall I just roll off who these scientists are for you, Rob? Or would you like to guess something about them? Oh. Do you want to guess anything about them? We've got three scientists. Well, three? How many? Three. And okay. they're in different fields of... So one's a, one's a, one's a, um, a nuclear physicist. It's got to be. Oh, there's not a nuclear physicist, no. Oh, okay. One's a one's a um someone who experiments on on people or something like that, like a geneticist or something. Or well, there is a chemist. A chemist. A chemist. Oh, Maybe okay. We'll, we'll roll that into a chemist. Chemist. We've got a chemist. Um, and then we've got someone who loves dirt. Uh, oh, a geologist. We've got a geologist. That's right. A <laughs> geologist, and and then we've got someone um, who. Oh, I don't really know. They don't really say what field this one is, but it's um, it's electrifying. That's for sure. <laughs> is it Tesla? <laughs> uh, it's Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> no, so she is just known as Miss Watt, and oh. I'll get into that in a second. So we've got Mr. Flint, the geologist, who is wearing a colonial era jungle trekker outfit. <laughs> basically like Nigel from Wild Thornbury is the cartoon. <laughs> right, okay. Then we've got the chemist, Dr. Vile, who is obsessed God. with like gas and methane gas and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Farts. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and then we've got the electrifyingly beautiful Miss Watt, Miss Watt. who for some crazy reason has electricity coming out of her hands. Oh my god, so they 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 got superpowers. They could <laughs> <laughs> kind of. And then she's holding this rose in front of uh, Mr. Rapini and then it explodes in her hand as it's some sort of imitating uh, imitating some sort of like intimidating gesture. Again, this is the thing. Don't smell the roses. They either stab you or they explode in your face. Very well said there, Rob. I did not pick up on the, that iconography for going uh, forward the first time, but I'm glad you pointed. This is why we do this. This is why we do this. <laughs> wow, this has gone crazy. Yeah, so I just thought I had to roll that out there, really, because, yeah, it's just bizarre. It's right. very bizarre. Okay, right. So now you're going to get your justification here, Rob, on how he gets to that goddamn grotto. <laughs> okay. We cut back to Blake skulking around the halls in the bowels of the mall there, where he finds some item that he can wear. What does he find, Rob? Oh, Santa's outfit. That's right, he finds a Santa suit. But then he runs into Clint, the cop. But the cop, he doesn't recognise him because he's in such a great disguise. <laughs> and Blake victoriously walks away, but then stopped. Uh, he is stopped by this kid who's got this wish list. And he's like, you know, oh, Santa, I thought I missed you. And then Blake says, fax it to me, you little brat. And then he just like shoves the kid and his dad out the way against the wall. But oh no, Clint, the cop, he clocks on and he realises that it's Blake. And they tell him to freeze. But what does he do? What does Blake do? He legs it. He bloody legs it, mate. We got a runner. (laughs) (laughs) So they take chase as comical music plays. But then Blake evades him. But how do you think he evades him? Hmm. They turn it. They turn like a corner, and then it's like, ah, oh, he's gone. Oh, 
Does he end up in like the lingerie section of a Victoria's Secret <laughs> store? <laughs> Yeah, he's just uh, he's just wearing a full a full um, bed gown. Set. He's a mannequin, yeah, with uh, with uh, yeah, sexy lingerie. No, he he goes somewhere where you might want to dispose of things. Oh, get down the garbage chute. He's in a garbage chute. That's correct. And so he's just hanging on. And whilst Clint and his uh, cop friend or his colleague rather, they're debating like where where's he gone? You know, how do we lose him? To which uh, Clint says, I'm not going to let this guy get away with Santa fraud. Let's go. <laughs> Santa fraud. <laughs> That's a big crime. Federal crime. It is. It's a federal crime, man. Oh, I mean, you, it's like opening someone else's mail. Ooh. Can't be done. So impersonating Santa, you know, you do that. Mm. It's like it's worse than impersonating a policeman, isn't it? Pretty much. He must. So he grabs himself out then. He, he, he manages to claw himself back out the chute, I'm assuming. Does he, Rob? Does he? Does he fall down? He does fall down. To the catacombs. <laughs> he doesn't quite go that far, not yet. <laughs> no, he falls down because obviously it's a rubbish chute, right? And people are dumping stuff down oh, there. So the janitor, no. he's up top and he's just, he's dropping in, you know, some bags and bits of paper and all those kinds of things. And then for some reason, he decides to put half of a hot, of a fiberglass Santa down the chute <laughs> and it smashes on Blake's head, causing him to eat shit and fly down the chute. <laughs> only to be expelled at the bottom, where Lenny, the elf, is waiting. How did he know that that was going to happen? Mm. Is my question. I don't think he did. I just think it's just the way this movie's structured. Has he, has he gone like, for his quick crafty Siggy or something? Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Actually, that's a good point. Um, and then Lenny's like, ah, another drunk Miles Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think Lenny does now? What do you think he does now? He's He's got Santa in front of him. He's like, I give you five bucks if you be Santa, so he can keep the forty-five left over. Well, that would be a smart decision. Or maybe we could just rob the guy, huh? <laughs> what? He robs, tries to rob Santa. He's like, oh, you'll do, and he goes to try and drag him away. I guess obviously, obviously to take him upstairs to collect his fifty-dollar reward. But then his wallet falls out, and then he sees that it's Blake Thorne. The richest man in ten states, Lenny says. Oh my god. And he can't control himself because he's got this newfound fortune apparently. Because he's just going to steal his credit cards. But then, what happens? Blake wakes up, he grabs him and he says, Oi, you are Blake Ford, old bloody bust your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're right, he does wake up. But, you know, and he would probably say that. If only he remembered who he was, Rob. Oh, my He's got God. Changnesia. <laughs> Changnesia. Oh, my God. Wow. We took a... He's going to think he's actually Santa. That's right, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks wow. that he's Santa. All that to get to this. But it's not all on his own. It's because Lenny convinces him <laughs> that he's the real Santa. Oh, for God's sake. Because he got hit over by a gl- gl- fiberglass Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know how it works. Whatever you get hit by, you sort of become it. Oh, my no. God. Wow. Jesus. Yes. So. Okay. I mean, we're, we're definitely in for some real big U-turns and, and, and cul-de-sacs at some point, aren't we? Jesus. We really are. We really are. Would you like to take this time to play any of your other cards there? Yeah, well, that was hilarious. That, that, yeah. Um, Let's play a a MacGuffin magnet card. Let's reveal, let's reveal someone's character motivation. Let's go for Ebna Frost. Yeah, let's see. Ebna Frost. Yeah. Okay, so Ebna Frost. He, so a bit about his character. He is 
a scientist. And he's also got a weird character quirk of being a germaphobe as well for some strange reason. They've written that into his story. And he's the one that lives at that big house that we saw at the beginning. And what he wants, Rob, is he wants to take the land that the orphanage is on. Oh, I see. That's what he wants. Right. Because there's something there that he wants, Rob. I won't let you know what that something is yet. I'll hold that back because... I want to see if you can figure out what it is. Okay. But yes, so he essentially wants the land that the orphanage is on and he wants rid of them. You know, Mr. Rapini, he had some land that he wanted and and he does get it. But then there's this orphanage standing in his way. Goddamn orphans. Right, I see. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so I wonder what there is under that. It's, it's got to be... I mean, they've all got some crazy abilities. So maybe there's something that, yeah, make something he thinks there's going to make him have abilities or something like that, and he'll he'll become the most powerful scientist in the world. <laughs> That's right. Are you feeling the Christmas yet, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, because I, I, you know, I believe if I was hit over the head, I could be told I was Santa, and I'd believe him. Mm. Oh wow. Okay. So there's evil. There's there's the evil side of things. And those poor kids at the um, orphanage, they are, they're, they're going to be turfed out. To, so they, they oh are. Oh, my God. And only Santa. Santa's going to save them again. I mean, I hope he brings a bazooka. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see what he's got in the stocking for you, boy. <laughs> so, yes. So shall I continue onwards with some more plots, sir? Yeah, let's play some custard. And, uh, you, you, yeah, let's thicken this up. Cool. Okay, so... From this point onwards, he is now fully indoctrinated to the idea that he is Santa Claus, but he's being guided by Lenny. And so we sort of cut to this montage of him now in Santa's grotto as kids are getting their photos taken and making their requests and just get a little montage of that. And then meanwhile, Lenny tries to use Blake's card at the ATM. God, that dirty elf Lenny, huh? He's a little sodomy. He is. He is, isn't he? Um, He tries to use it at the ATM. But what do you think it says? Insufficient funds. It doesn't say that. But what it does say, Rob, is it talks to Lenny in an assistant-style voice, <laughs> asking him to place his thumb on the scanner. What the hell technology is this? <laughs> it's 1996. <laughs> okay, so he's yeah. going to need... Oh, wow, so he can't open it without the thumbprint. That's right, my friend. So he is quickly foiled. So then, you know, he's kind of like, ah, drats, you know, that kind of thing. He's a bit of a weird kind of like Pepe Le Pew-styled character for some reason. He's a bit like, uh, yeah, a bit of a strange character. So then we cut back to the mall, but then there's two punks that are stealing from a charity donation box, and they're held up by this kid that's asking them questions, and they sort of feed her some nonsense, but she ain't buying it. And this kid, this kid screams, Rob. What does this kid scream? Um... Get out of the way, you ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you were in need, if you're like a little kid and you're in need of assistance and you're in the mall and Santa's there, what might you just scream? Oh, help me, Santa. Pretty much. She just screams, (laughs) Santa. And then Blake looks up in sort of, you know, like a quick reflex action and Santa Thorn springs into action (laughs) and whoops their ass. Taking them down with some sweet WWF-styled moves. Oh. Yes. And then a mezzanine of parents look on and cheer. And Lenny looks on gleefully and says, 
That will be very helpful, talking about Blake. And now he's followed by a parade of kids and revelous parents as they head outside. And Blake asks, well, if I'm Santa, where's my sleigh? And Lenny feeds him some bullshit that it's, <laughs> that it's in the shop, he says. Oh, and then instead, though, they take Lenny's... What do you think Lenny's got? He's got like a... Has he got like some sort of bloody beach buggy thing, like a... <laughs> It's not a beach buggy. It's smaller. It's smaller than that. Is it some like a a mini or something, or a clown car? Smaller than a mini. Smaller than a clown Sm- car. What? <laughs> There's this smaller than a clown car. Um, it doesn't necessarily have four wheels. Oh, so it's a bike. It's one step up. It's his moped. They take like a. Crack. It's a unicycle. <laughs> it's a penny farthing balancing yeah. on a razor scooter. <laughs> so no, they jump on his moped and it's a crappy little fifty cc like Italian oh, moped. Oh god! Right, um, okay. Yes. Lambretta. Yeah, kind of thing. I mean, he wishes. <laughs> but this time, we cut back to some other characters we met earlier. Oh, we got we we cut back to the cops or the scientists, the weird scientists. We go to the scientists. Go for scientists. Right, okay. We're back with Ebner and Doctor Blight, and Blight hands him some documents, and Ebner asks if they've been disinfected. So we're sort of like honing in on his weird germaphobe little arc, okay. like story arc thing, and Blight informs him that Rapini will sell, and this pleases Ebner as he hits a button, revealing. What does he reveal by hitting this button? This big, massive drill. It's not a drill, but it is. it would be useful in conjunction with a drill of where you might want to drill. Where you might want to drill? Um, If I was looking for a bit of land that I want to drill, what would I go to look at? A map. A map. That's right, my friend. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, those things. A big, massive... Wait, it's a big paper map, is it, with a... Well, it's 96, yeah, so there's no touchscreen stuff here. Of course. No, the internet was a baby then. It was just as horrible. It wasn't even around, was it, the internet? Oh, 96. I think we had just gotten in the Explorer, I think, hadn't we, I think, in 95? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Windows 95, of course. Sorry, I digress. (laughs) Not at all, sir. Um, So now this map comes up, and it's full of crosses and he had and he adds one more over rapini's name and then what do you think does it make a big circle it doesn't quite make a circle it is sort of they are sort of correlated a little bit but it's not really a certain shape oh okay but then ebner goes on to say something he goes on to say there's only one last headache and what do you think that headache is is oh uh Oh, the church with the catacombs. That's right. It's the orphanage, which also has a church with catacombs, because it's all the same place, apparently. Oh, I see. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yes. So he tells Dr. Blight to round up the troops to see if they can get them to adopt a new attitude. <laughs> uh, puns. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean... Okay, he sounds like a swell guy. He does. So you've got a lot of components now, Rob, at this point. You've got Blake, who is got amnesia, and he's now Santa, and we've got evil scientists trying to kill orphans. Still feeling well, Christmassy? Classic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you weren't trying to kill orphans, then it's not Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to have to go for minute 69, I reckon, mate. All righty, let's go for minute 69. Oh, shit. Lasers. By the way, Lenny, I want to thank you for letting us in. I'm sure it was quite a sacrifice for you. 
You traitor. Lennox a traitor. He is. You can't open it, can't you? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, they're opening the vault. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, what? What? It's goofy. <laughs> oh, that's some weird gooey sounds. Yeah. They're outside. They are. There's birds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an army. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that is his Santa all hung up or something? Thanks, Pierre. Oh, thanks, Pierre. Oh, wow! <laughs> what? <laughs> that was a really good minute sixty-nine because you got a little slice of everything in there, but you don't know what the slices necessarily are and in what order they should be served up in. <laughs> what the? F I really. That was not, I mean, that was, yeah, well, that's not really helped me in any way. <laughs> so, oh, well, Lenny's a traitor. He'll do anything for a quick buck, won't he? Oh, he certainly so will. I'm assuming he's going to die at some point. He's going to get his comeuppance. Oh, and yeah. They're going to take off his, his uh, they're going to take his ears, because if you do that to an elf, I mean, they're basically nobody then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end, that screaming, um, yeah, who do you think that was? That was Santa. <laughs> It wasn't Santa screaming, but there, his voice was in there though. Was Santa because oh, he was going? <laughs> <laughs> was it the guy from the Goonies? Sloth. Yeah, probably. I don't know. So the guy screaming was the chef Pierre, and you, what you heard oh. there was Santa Blake Thorne going, "Thanks, Pierre," and he was like oh. running towards him, screaming. But why would he be oh, doing God. that? But then we ended up outside all of a sudden. So I'm assuming that uh, Blake Thorne was coming in the other way, trying to, I don't know, I'm a little bit confused. And then Pierre's like, ah, what did he say? What did he, did he just shout, just screaming? <laughs> just screaming. That's what I'm saying. It's like with the maniac man at the start of the movie. That's literally what they're just doing. They're all just screaming. I don't know, mate. I don't want to think of that. But the the beginning, the beginning is like uh, so. That was the um, Edna Frost that saying Edna to Frost. yeah, saying to Lenny. Ah, oh, thanks, Lenny. He got him in. So he got got them into the maybe into the orphanage or something. That is correct. Okay, so they're in the orphanage, and obviously they're gonna try and yeah, go you know get below into the catacombs from there right and the kids are like no you gotta do this ah yeah and so that's where you've got that guy the guy that was like goofy like he that's dr flint oh, with his handheld jackhammer oh because right. <laughs> he's a geologist and um what's her name old miss watt yeah uh, miss watt she was doing the old yes i believe so yeah so so yeah wow. so there you go you've got a little bit of context a very <laughs> yeah. small so that's that's quite far down the line then. I'm assuming we're we're quite far from minute 69 at the moment, aren't we? We're a little ways away, yeah. So, like, yeah. Um, this movie, I think, is a classic hour and a half, hour 20. So, yeah, so that is quite a way down, I guess, in story. Right. So, yeah. So, would you like to know how we get a little closer to that, to that minute 69, Rob? Yeah, let's, let's stick in the plot, Mark. Let's do this. I, wanna, I, I need some more because that was just really funny but very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
So we were with Ebner Frost there as he was sort of regaling, uh, yes, he's finally got the land from Rapini, but what the hell does he want this land for? What's there? So then we cut to Dr. Blight and the gangs. We've got Flint, Vile, and Watt. They rock up at the orphanage in an ice cream truck. So that's the ice cream truck from the beginning. Um, Watt and Flint wrap a chain around a statue outside as Flint goes and knocks on the door. Um, And we meet Leslie, and she runs the orphanage, old Leslie. And Blight is chatting with her, and he wants to see how their relocation plans are going on as as he simultaneously tries to hit on Leslie, which is very strange. The gang cackle in the background and now set off, um, but not before. They pull down the statue with, uh, sorry, they pull down the statue that's tied around the chain because it's also tied to the back of the truck. So they're driving away and they rip the statue down and the kids are all screaming in panic. All three of the kids, I mean, there's not many kids here (laughs) at this orphanage, this huge (laughs) orphanage. And they run outside screaming in panic. Then Clayton, new character, He runs out and stands in front of the ice cream truck and he's about to be mowed down when... What do you think happens, Rob? Oh, when? It's got to be old... uh, It's got to be Santa. Comes in and saves him. That's right, my friend. Ding, ding. So Santa is in the the hood. Blake sees what's going down. They're on the moped with Lenny. And he jumps off. He jumps off the moped. And he grabs the chain from the back of the truck, bringing it to a halt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> for god's sake he's obviously superman of course as leslie and the kids look on in joy but blight and the gang they look back at blake and they laugh at him they're like i can't remember what uh, dr blight says just something stupid like um like oh hey santa or something stupid and because they see that santa is seething and they sort of speed away cackling but of course what do you think this means now, you know, for old Blake, Blake Thorne, Santa Thorne and Lenny? Um, they obviously, you know, have a chat now with the, the orphan people. Um, so what do you think? Well, goes- now he's pissed. He's pissed off because he's like, you can't do this to an orphan. You know, how dare you? He's going to, he's going to, he, he, yeah, he says, you know, not very Christmassy of you. I'm going to, I'm going to come in and, and get rid of these goons. Well, you are right there, sir. He does go in. That's definitely for sure. Because, of course, after this one gesture, what it means is that Lenny and Santa are now just invited in for dinner into an orphanage. Have you ever heard of Stranger Danger? Come on, guys. <laughs> I have. <laughs> come just, on, yeah, guys. come in. We don't know you. Dressed as Santa and one an elf. We how we we can't. We it's the law. We have to trust you. Exactly. I mean, they're essentially second only to Jesus, who's second only to <laughs> yeah. God. Amen. Um, and <laughs> so they head inside and they take a seat where we meet. Who do you think we meet, Rob? Oh, hang on a minute. It's the little girl. It's the little girl. You're right. Correct, sir. Well, I'm going to play a MacGuffin magnet card then for the little girl. Ooh. Okay. All right. MacGuffin magnet. Let's find the little girl whose name is Elizabeth. Let's find her motivation. Okay. So okay. she essentially wants a Christmas miracle to happen to save her town. She wants to save the town and the orphanage. But the other side motivation of hers is, Rob, is that she wants to wake up the fairies in the window. She wants to wake up the fairies in the window? Yes, she wants to wake up the fairies in the the window. 
which will become <laughs> this will all make sense in time <laughs> okay i'm not i'm not i don't believe you but okay <laughs> but her main motivation is that yeah she wants this christmas miracle to happen and essentially a bit in a goonies way in the sense that you know her land and her house is under threat she wants a miracle to happen to save her town and i don't know about you rob but i think a miracle just happened my friend she just got santa <laughs> she just got santa oh yeah yeah she uh, i think well, okay then. All right. So she's basically just a normal little girl living in an orphanage. She wants, she she's expecting miracles, and uh, the fairy thing's a bit crazy. I mean, is that gonna, is that actually gonna happen? I mean, is there gonna be in the end the fairy? It's like the eagles at the end of Lord of the Rings. You know, they're just gonna come in and <laughs> do nothing all the time, and then swoop in at the end. Yeah, or like in Greece when the car just flies away for no reason. You know, it's now it's magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. That's fair enough. Okay. So sat they go in for some food. They tell him all the sort of story about how these evil scientists want to kick him out of the orphanage, and he's like, "Not on my watch." <laughs> and uh, Lenny's like, "Yeah, how much is it going to cost you? How much are you going to pay?" And- <laughs> hey, mate, you are you're ticking some made ding dings here. These are some big boxes. You have you've literally hit on the next probably half an hour. Of- <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Well, look, right, I will, okay. let's, I'll tell you where you're correct there. So, yeah, no, you are correct. They go in and you're very correct about the Lenny thing about wanting some cash, huh? huh? <laughs> so, yeah, so they go inside and they sit down and um, we meet Elizabeth, the little girl from the beginning, who has a voice like a, a baby hell demon. She has a very high pitched. She's like, I don't know. It's just, it's, she's just. Hey, a, go on, do it, Mark. Do it. I'm just trying to think what she would say. It's literally just like, um, you know, it's just like. Okay, Sienna, how's it going? You know, it's just like really, really just high at pitch. And it's very like she's like part of the Brady Bunch kind of thing. Is that vibe? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Is she like the one who played like with um in Superman, Lex Luthor's uh, girl? She's all like that, isn't she? Kind she's of. It could, squeaky. Yeah, it could be. There. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That like, real kind of squeaky. I don't know. Yeah. You know, imagine Jersey girl. Yeah, I mean, just imagine like moaning Myrtle, but as a baby. <laughs> so it's just that kind of, it's that kind of higher pitched voice. So we meet her, and she's like, "Oh, I'm the one that wrote the the letter." And Elizabeth, she runs off to go and get something. She tells Santa to wait right there. When we meet Sarah, now Sarah is probably the most famous person to come out of this film potentially would you like to know right. who the real actress of sarah is uh well let's find out the bacon number first oh the bacon number of sarah okay all right let's do that okay let's go for a bacon number of sarah the character in the orphanage so we've got this person who was in ted with chris everett who was in r.i.p.d with kevin bacon uh so this person was in was in Ted. Yeah, so the actress was in Ted. What, Mila Kunis? It is Mila Kunis. Hey, okay, wow. She's quite young in this then. Yes, so she's probably, yeah, she's got bacon number of two. And yes, she is probably about 11, I would say. Right. Oh, wow, okay. So Mila Kunis is in this. And she tells Blake to cut Elizabeth some slack. I don't really, I don't really know what <laughs> slack... He should be cutting her. He didn't say anything to her. She's like, cut her, cut her some slack. She still believes in this stuff. And then they all go around the room like a sad corporate team building exercise and introduce themselves to one another. <laughs> As their tragic backstory. My, my parents were killed at the opera in a back alley. Pretty much. Pretty much. Where they basically discuss 
Well, they, I've got a bit, a bit of dialogue here I was going to say for a random flip the script, but it's kind of come up to that point now. So they're sitting around, they discuss. Um, Blake goes, who were those guys anyway? And Clayton goes, what, the scientists? Oh, they work for Mr. Frost. And then Leslie says, he's been clearing out the whole neighborhood, but nobody knows why. Now he wants the orphanage. And then Tyler says, and he'll get it too. To which Mila Kunis, aka Sarah, says, shut up, no he won't. And then Blake says... He sounds like a very naughty boy. <laughs> so yeah, so they, so you now have all that information anyway established, don't you, about what's going on yeah. there? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna have to try and uh, defend their position in the. Uh, so, so, uh, old Blake, what's his bloody thought? Blake Thorne, uh, aka Santa, is gonna call on his. Um, his house people to bring up the, you know, to come to the place and 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 fortify it or something, and and all the training is going to come in handy. Oh, okay, right. So that's your guess. So he's going to sort of go full on activated sleeper agent. He's going to remember his training. Oh, he doesn't remember though. No, he doesn't. He doesn't remember. <laughs> he doesn't. Damn it! I think you you've got a bit of amnesia as well, Rob. I already told you. He, does, <laughs> he doesn't remember. He must. He must. In in some way, he must. He gets his memory back because he remembers that that's his, the guy's name in the minute sixty nine. So maybe he, he hits his head or or something, and he gets it all coming back to him. And that's when he calls them on late. Calls them in later on to come and save them. When it when, oh, when all his hope is lost <laughs> at some point. When all hope is last. Okay. All right. Well. I'll... Okay. Well, I better. I'm gonna play. Is there any more flip the scripts I can I can have? Um. Let me have a little look here. We meet Helen, who says, Santa, you look much more healthy uh, than you did last year. Tell us, what's your secret? And then Blake, he just goes, uh, and he's looking at Lenny off screen as Lenny's gesturing stuff. And Blake says, uh, I love I love to eat a lot of reindeer meat. And then Helen goes, <laughs> oh. And then he goes, I'm just kidding, Helen. I just try to laugh a lot every day. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> uh, there's a new Santa in town. And I know if you've been naughty or nice. So be nice. <laughs> For God's sake. So in that context, he was giving an interview. So, Oh, right. Yes. Okay. So. Oh, so maybe they're trying to um, get everyone to save the orphanage by... by yeah, okay. Mm. An interview, what, by a reporter or TV or something? Yes, it's a TV reporter. Ding, ding. Right. So maybe he's... Um, yeah, he's trying to get the... That the orphanage saved by raising some money or something. Oh, let's roll this. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's put our fist straight in the custard. Okay, all right, fist that custard. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Lenny and Blake Santa. This is called Santa for now. He. Uh, they're both at the orphanage and they're both now fully like welcomed in with open arms and they sleep over for the night for some bizarre reason and they're loaned some pyjamas and for some reason Lenny ends up with an Easter bunny costume whereas Santa is now gone from being Santa to being Jesus and he's wearing essentially a Jesus robe as pyjamas wow we Um, called it mate you called it earlier (laughs) that's right and so they head off to bed and Santa he has this sort of um, voice of Elizabeth um, playing in his head, and so do I now after listening to it after this movie because it's just really horrific. <laughs> but it's playing in his head, and it's just saying, like, wishing him a good night, Sanya. And he sort of smiles to himself as he sort of goes off 
to sleep with this nice notion of her wishing him, you know, a good night, yada, yada. Um, anyway, where they wake up and they're at breakfast the next morning and they chit and they chat and they comfortably sat when Lenny sees something. He sees Blake's thumbprint on a glass. Ah, there we go. Okay. He's, he, <laughs> he's going to do the old magic trick with a bit of sellotape and some... Some, some talcum powder nice. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cue Lenny's realisation, and he starts to hear the ATM assistant voice in his head granting him access to a gazillion dollars as the 2001 Space Odyssey music plays over top. God. And then for, we sort of cut away from that, and then for no reason, Sarah has modified Santa's suit. So what do you, well, how do you think she's modified his suit? Oh, has he got a cape? He hasn't got a cape. He's actually got less fabric. Oh, God. Uh, so he's got he's wearing shorts and is it like a is it like a tank top of vest kind of thing? It's basically like a vest top, yeah. So it's like sleeveless. So now you can see his guns. Oh, pervert! Exactly. And so he suits up, but then there's a knock at the door. My my, who could it be? Hmm. Is it one of the scientists? Is it Mister Frost? No, no, no. Quiet, you. It's Helen Chu. Oh, silly me. It's Helen Chu, the TV reporter. So, of course. And, and and like you guessed earlier, she's like, you know, we heard that, um, we heard that the Santa with muscles was here. We want to do a big piece on him. (laughs) And then Lenny acts as his agent and he goes, oh, yeah, so how much are we going to get paid, huh? So you're right there about him just wanting the cash. Ah, okay, right. He's a he's a real scumbag. Yes, exactly. And so they have their their little interview, and you sort of heard what we said there. Cut to Lenny, and he is at the ATM, and he tries to roll the glass with the thumbprint over the scanner. But what does it say, Rob? It says, uh, "Wrong hand." It does say wrong hand. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you got that. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was... (laughs) Thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. Heads down, thumbs up. (laughs) I broke my... Do you know what? I broke my thumb playing that game. Oh, did you? Oh, my God. Yeah, at school. Uh, That is pretty We were... Fun fact for you. Yeah, we were playing that game and we were sat on the floor. It was the end. I think it was... This time of the year, it was just before the end, end of term, the last day or something. Yeah. And um, we, we were sat on the floor, so we had our heads down, thumbs up. And then the guy got up, he said, oh, it's you. And the guy went, yeah, you went, oh, you bastard. And he pushed the guy <laughs> and his whole body fell on my thumb. Oh, my God. And broke my thumb. I had oh, to plaster cast from my thumb oh all the way my... to my elbow. Jeez, that's pretty extreme. I did then meet Vinnie Jones at a football match <laughs> with a plaster cast on. Cause, so uh, you looked like a proper hard nut. I did. Uh, he, he was mad, like, I was only about 14. He was huge. Yeah. We were at a Sun, uh, Sunderland, who's port- playing Wimbledon, and we had like a po- posh meal because um, of my dad's birthday yeah. present. But also my mum found a cooked woodlouse on a steak. Another random fact for oh, you. Oh, wow. Okay. And and then um, I, won, I won a raffle for a signed football and Vinnie Jones presented it to me and he went, pointed to my cast and went, oh, don't blame that on me, son. Ha, 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 ha. And everyone laughed. <laughs> oh, he's, he's known for his, his hilarious quips, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. That was a fun fact for you there. No, I mean, that's pretty extreme. Yes, for, I guess... 
well, yeah, for those who don't know, what is it? Just head heads down, thumbs up. You just literally yeah, put your head down, like forehead yeah. facing flat on a surface, and then you just put both hands up with thumbs up. Or both is it thumb, thumbs up by the side of your head, and someone yeah. pinches your thumb. You have to put your thumb down in your hand. So that's probably why I broke it. So my thumb ah, of inside my you know in front of my side, my fist. And then what was the outcome? And you have to guess who did it or something. I can't remember. Guess who did it, yeah. So yeah. I guess the murder or whatever, right. I guess. That's and right. then so yeah, so I was sat on the floor and then a the guy fell on my thumb and he broke yeah, put a fracture in the sort of bottom part of my thumb. So Wow. Yeah, that was fun. Fun Christmas. We uh we digress. Um so yeah, right, where are I? Oh yeah, so you're right there. Wrong hand, wrong bloody hand. Wrong hand, yeah. <laughs> Funny story about that though. You uh, ended up with a thumb in a plaster cast. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, just stuck in a loop. So yes, so he tries to open it up, but to uh, his chagrin, it doesn't work. And Lenny is now shit out of luck and enters a luck overdraft as he is then what happens to Lenny? Kidnapped. He is kidnapped, that's correct. Ding, ding, ding. By Mr. <laughs> Frost Gang. And is dragged yes. into the back of the ice cream truck and they speed off. Now. Of course. Exactly. Now, in the back of the truck, Lenny is being restrained by Flint and Vile as Blight holds up a massive CRT TV as Lenny. <laughs> like in the back of the truck and has some sort of like Lenny now has some sort of 90 style zoom call with Ebna Frost whilst the truck's bouncing around and like Dr. Blight's trying to hold this massive TV it just looks so stupid <laughs> and Frost is saying that he will clear Lenny's debt if if he does something for him oh yeah he gets him inside the orphanage well that's right but a sort of precursor to that is initially he's like get rid of Santa uh, or at least get him away from the orphanage. Right, okay. Now you're going to find out why there's fairies in the window. Okay. Oh, Are you ready? I'm not sure. I'm a bit scared. So we cue the worst heartfelt shoehorned moment in probably cinema <laughs> history. Santa, <laughs> Santa refuses to leave the orphanage and he heads inside to the church part of the orphanage. Oh, that's bizarre. And he finds Elizabeth sitting on her own, singing some god-awful song that she thinks that her <laughs> mum used to sing to her. Um, and she and she thinks... Was it that, Smelly Cat? No, it's not. It's called like <laughs> Angel Baby or some nonsense. I don't know. what the There aren't really any lyrics. It's just basically her singing that over and over in her tune. And so she, she, she thinks that if she can sing in a certain way she can wake up the fairies that live in the glass windows. And she goes on to say that when her mum sang, the windows would light up. And she thought that her mum was a snake, she says. (laughs) Literally makes no sense. I don't know if the kid was meant to say, I don't know if this little actress was meant to say snake, but it made it into the cut. It just doesn't make any sense. She's just like... You know, my mum would sing and, and people said that the, the windows would light up and they would come from around to see them. And when she did, I used to think she was a snake. <laughs> I don't know what she's trying to say. <laughs> and then she quizzes Blake, uh, Santa, Santa Blake, Santa Thorne, on if he had a mum uh, or a dad. But he doesn't remember, apparently. just doesn't remember anything anymore. And so they go on to sing this song in a duet. Oh, Angel God. baby, blah, 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 blah. And then Elizabeth, she hits the high note, Rob. She hits the high note, and then the camera... Oh, it smashes the windows. <laughs> the camera the camera pans to the window, and Blake's jaw drops as the window shimmers, and joyous music builds. And this window just starts glistening and pulsating with light. 
for no reason. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah, so that sort of explains something, I think. Oh, my God. But then we cut to our orphanage ensemble. Lenny's there, the kids are there, Mila Kunis, Leslie, Santa. They're hanging out, they're having fun when, when something happens, Rob. Oh, the, do- the, the scientists turn up. They do. They do, but what do you think they do? Something sort of happens, something... So do they drive the, the ice cream van into the, the, the orphanage? Well, they don't drive into the orphanage, but they do throw something through the window. So I'll, I'll you know, give you half a point for that. Okay. <laughs> they smash the window with the head of the statue that they stole and knocked down <laughs> earlier. <laughs> oh, my God. And then for some reason, there's a note attached to it. What do you think the note says? Uh, <laughs> orphans say what? <laughs> It might as well. It just says, only one shopping day left till Christmas. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it just makes no sense. Her mum's a snake. She sings to windows and angels and other... this whole thing. There's only one shopping left. What? <laughs> is that is that they're trying to like, if you better go now, yeah, better leave. I because otherwise you'll have no say, presents. Like, you better go deliver those presents, Santa. <laughs> All like those kids, you better go buy your presents to the people, the parents you don't have with the money you don't have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Lenny's stolen it all, the bastard. Uh, oh my god! Wow, it's mad. Wow, what the hell? I know. <sighs> so, how do you think this is going to go down, though? Okay, so they throw it through the window, but obviously this is going to send. This is going to start. You know, uh, old Santa. Prick. No, so what's his name? Santa Thorn. Santa Thorn. <laughs> Santa Thorn is gonna start being like, you know, he's gonna get realize his kung fu training and he's he's gonna start remembering, I don't know, he's gonna spring into action. He does right. Yeah, he does right. He does right. He right, he does. He does, Rob. He springs into action and he proclaims that uh, so you know he's about to head off. Uh, outside and Leslie says like you know don't it's okay like they don't want you then he says you never turn your back on someone in need a friend taught me that and he looks at Elizabeth because they had that little exchange earlier but in in about the singing there was a little bit of an exchange Uh, and so you're right Rob she's subliminally changing him from the inside she's changing his core little Elizabeth Um, because now he's like being selfless you see and so he heads outside and it's Dr. Blight standing next to the ice, tr- ice cream truck of doom. And then they have an exchange where Bre- uh, Blake goes on to proclaim that, like, the orphanage people are now his family? Like, what? Like, you've been there for a day, <laughs> mate. What's going on? And Do- He's going to adopt them. <laughs> well, he should. I mean, that would have been the most obvious thing, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> Get the papers. I'm going to adopt all of you guys. <laughs> That's it. It's like Annie. It's been a hard knock life for us. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Warbucks will come for you. <laughs> or whatever his name was. Daddy Warbucks? I don't know. Something I have like no idea. No idea. I've I've erased that film from my memory. Right, so. Well, let's hope you can erase this one, Rob, because I'm about yeah. to sear it into your skull. So Dr. Blight obliges Blake, and he enters a fighting stance, and he begins to speak into his dictaphone while swinging a stethoscope like a nunchuck, circling Santa, saying, <laughs> saying stuff like, the patient is suffering from 
blurred vision and then smacks Blake upside the head with the stethoscope. Ah, there we go. He's and got his head knocked again. He has got his head knocked again. And he says, poor reflexes, and then does a flying kick to Blake. And clearly, it's a different actor, though. It's one of those scenes where it's like, <laughs> karate chop, and they've clearly replaced the actor in a bad wig. <laughs> As he, like, does this flying kick to the head to Blake. So he hits his head again. And then the orphanage group, they sort of look on in horror. But Blake gathers himself, and he kicks Blake's butt. He carries yeah. out a similar lame sequence of stuff, such as patients suffering from tummy aches and like jabs him in the guts. And then he beats <laughs> him down and, um, and he says, and needs lots of best, uh, bed rest and throws him into the back of the truck. The kids cheer and the ice cream truck speeds off. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what a pointless set of endeavors. <laughs> oh wow yes. so now he's going to start remembering who he is now because he can remember to kick ass you would have thought so wouldn't you Rob but I mean he's it's like that thing of be, he's been hit in the head and then he's been hit in the head again he's just going back and forth and back and forth oh yeah okay so I'm assuming that they try another plan to get in and Lenny's going to let them in he's going to sneak him in the back door and and they're all going to be there and old, old, you know, shock, shocker hands are going to be there and try and mm-hmm. pew, pew. Yeah. Although, actually, no. Now, Mr. Blake, does Blake start to remember? Maybe he goes back to get his people and says, I'll be back with some backup or something or calls Ooh. his people. Rob, you are so you are so right, but it's all just slightly out of order. Oh. <laughs> but you are pretty much correct in what <laughs> happens. Sir. Okay, right. Let's, I mean, let's yeah. just lay it down, shall we? I mean, we got. Um, so I, I've got it. I've got those right. I've got no false guesses there. So yeah. So you're right in that he does. He so he does obviously remember who he is eventually. He does grab up his own guys. Um, but you're also right that yeah, as you know, Lenny does let them in, and the electric lady does have some. Uh, Mrs. Watt does have something to do with it. So uh, you are correct. I now just need mm. to lay these down before you so you can see in okay. your mind's eye how it all comes okay. together. Let's do it. Okay. I'll try and summarise a little bit. So, yeah, so that interaction happens. They head back inside and it's all good times and cheer. But then we see Tyler. He's the kid at the orphanage and he's looking a bit shifty. And literally seconds later, after them coming in having a chat, he's somehow gone. Mila Kunis is like, has anybody seen Tyler? I don't know how he got away that fast. And we only really have this interaction just so that Blake can overhear this one thing. So Tyler ends up at the uh, Ebner Frost's house and he wants to, like, you know, inflict some pain on him. You know, he's, he's kind of having a rebellious streak. He's seen, he's seen Blake do this crazy stuff and he kind of wants in, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Uh, and we only really have this so that we can get a really crappy shoehorned uh, message about, you know, good and bad and right and wrong. But whilst they're at the house, whilst they're at uh, Ebner's house, um, Blake overhears Ebner talk about uh, their plans about beginning excavation as soon as they get the orphanage. And then they get the hell out of there and get straight back to the orphanage. And then obviously now conveniently, Blake is able to ask, so what's under the orphanage? Which is where (laughs) our flip the script, our original flip the script comes in. And they sort of are going around the table randomly saying things of like what's underground and that's why it was oh. like sewer telephone post it's just a really bizarre scene because then the kid tyler goes like oh in the clubhouse and leslie's first response was like 
I don't know, telephone cables or whatever. And then, like, that could be under there. <laughs> Buries the lead on the fact, like, oh, yeah, no, there's some catacombs down there as well. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> so it's just bizarre. Wow. And so, anyway, they head down into the cave system. And so now, basically, we're in what looks like the crystal maze we're in like one of those itv kids shows those puzzle shows you know what i mean yeah yeah and so we're in this cavernous uh ground uh well underground cavernous system underground and there's this vault door and the kids have figured out some of the combination they input 8 24 16 they're turning the dial um and it just looks like yeah like i say a prop like from a kids puzzle show and then blake thinks about it he's like hmm he like reads back the numbers to himself and he puts in the final number. But how did he know, Rob? How did he know the combination to the vault? They all gasp and the door opens as music builds into wonderment and they walk inside behind the vault door to find... What do they find? Oh, oh my God, this is... I'm scared <laughs> to find out. <laughs> is it? Um, is it a massive monster like in Star Wars? <laughs> it's not a massive monster. No, it's not a creature um, of any kind. Is it? Is it gold? It's not gold, but it is sort of mineral-like. Um, oh, f- myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not myrrh. It's better than myrrh, my friend. It's crystals. Crystal. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sweet, sweet crystals. The crystal skulls. So, no, Rob, (laughs) what they find is they find shimmering crystals pulsating and glowing as Sarah, a.k.a. Mila Mila Kunis, helpfully says that she knows what they are. And she goes on to say, would you like to hear what she has to say? Is it it to do with the the little angel things, the fairies? It does, for some reason, have some link to that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. It has something to... I don't know why or how it links in the sense that I don't know how these crystals would affect what's happening up there. But they are trying to draw that link, yes. <laughs> I see. So, so maybe that's where they the power of the thingies are from, like the uh, fairies are from, or um, yeah. Because obviously, so we're gonna find out. That obviously, when they fight them off, they're all gonna be rich and they're gonna have loads of money and then everyone's gonna be happy. But yeah, I'd like to hear what she's got to say because I don't know. I, I'm a little. I, God knows what link is they gonna bring in. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a like a du- stabbing in the dark, really, isn't it? It is. So Sarah helpfully informs us that these are piezoelectric crystals. They are quartz (laughs) crystals with natural electricity in them. Vibrations make them output power. And Tyler is holding one. And Leslie says to put it down. And he looks and says, okay, and then just drops it. And it explodes. Oh, my God. And so, yes, they're piezoelectric crystals, Rob. You know, quartz crystals that just (laughs) have electric in them. And they're also worth millions, Sarah says. Exploding crystals, they're worth millions. <laughs> Apparently. It's the <laughs> 90s. It could be a new kid fad, you know, like gooey aliens and yo-yos. Tamagotchis. <laughs> Tamagotchis, that's right. You know, how do you think that we're going to power all those Tamagotchis, Rob? <laughs> Pezioelectric crystals. Yeah, god damn it. So, yeah, so that's where they are, basically. And that's what's down there. That's what Ebner wants. Obviously, the old Miss Watts, she wants, she may be able to sort of gain power from these. And Mr. Flint is a geologist. He likes rocks. That's right. Yeah, well, exactly. They, they, you have made more sense of this movie than I could. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. It's like you're living in the mind of the writers. 
Oh my god, that's scary, mate. That's scary. It is. So they go to leave the vault now after that wonderful discovery, and Blake is kind of coming around because he questioned how did he know the combination to the vault? How did he know, Rob? Um, and then he's like, Oh, but my presents, I need to deliver the presents, but I don't where's my sleigh? And then Lenny tries to keep the ruse up, but then basically it's starting to come around that yeah, like he realizes he's not Santa kind of thing. Um, but Lenny's like, you know, you got to be sent. Hang on, hang on a minute. Can I just put a guess in? He knew the, the code because he actually used to be an orphan there. <sighs> Rob, you got it right, you son of a gun. Yes! Ding, ding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. You solved uh, the riddle, my friend. Sherlock strikes again. He does. Elementary, my dear boy. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. He was an orphan there. He was He was an orphan there. and we. Will... He is Batman. See, we knew it all along. <laughs> he basically is, isn't he? Again, I didn't even draw that distinction, but you're right. Wow, you've, you've oh. really opened my eyes like the, the shimmering pezzoelectric crystals. Did you, just when you thought I would be the one just doing the discovery, you've been dis- uncovering things too. I know, just like a good little geologist. Uh, wow, brilliant. But no, you're right, mate. You got that right. That's 100% what that's all about. Yes, excellent. I'm very satisfied with that. Kudos to you. <laughs> and so, yeah, so Lenny basically just says to him that, you know, you kind of need to be Santa for these kids right now. It kind of gives him that spiel for some reason, which is, again, this whole thing is madness. Like, he's you know, being away from his house and like Lenny has somewhere to live. He didn't have to stay at the orphanage with him. Like why the hell's he been hanging around with him? So bizarre. Um, And so he just sort of says like, I'll give you a minute. And then that's when Lenny gets a phone call from (gasps) Mr. Frost. Mr. Frost. That's right. He's basically like, you know, what's going on, Lenny? You know, I told you to get rid of him. You know, you got to fix this. Um, kind of thing and sort of Lenny you know tries to sort of be like you know oh this that and the other and Frost is like if I want you to if I wanted your opinion I'll have it surgically removed um, which is <laughs> a weird line <laughs> okay and he says Lenny like you're sneaky so you know figure it out and then we cut to the ground level and then Dr. Blight is back as a terrified Elizabeth tries to warn the group but she can't get the words out of her tiny terrifying horrible voice mouth <laughs> <laughs> And then Dr. Blight's even like, I think she's trying to say I'm back. (laughs) Um, It's just very, very creepy, that bit. And then luckily, though, Blake uh, has had his Zen time and he pops up just in time and he chases Blake out of the orphanage and they partake in a game of cat and mouse and climb to the top of the tower, obviously, Rob, you know, because there's now a tower. (laughs) Dr. Blight is now armed with a novelty-sized, what is he, was he armed with? Novelty song. A salt shaker. It's, it's number salt shaker. It's more Christmassy. Uh, novelty size candy cane. Yes, ding ding. Candy yes. cane. That's right, my friend. And he tries to fight Blake off, but Blake pummels his house, shouting, Cure this! And like decks old Blighty. Blighty, now trying to force Blake over the edge of the tower with said candy cane, goes, Santa, you slay me. Like, oh, God. Yeah, it's very bad. It's just like, oh, for God's oh, sake. Jesus. But Blake wins? Question mark? Blake, now laughing to himself, is so, like, now he's knocked old, um, decked old Blighty out. 
Uh, he's so distracted that the animatronic Santa from the beginning of the movie that is placed in said tower somehow hooks onto him, pulling him, pulling him over the edge of the tower. He falls, but luckily he lands in. What does he land in? Oh, uh, hot manure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, he lands in... Uh, hot. Ooh. Hot chocolate. Not, <laughs> he lands on the band Hot Chocolate. <laughs> I believe in miracles. <laughs> so um, He lands in hot... Um, well, not hot necessarily, but... Oh, okay. Well, you put me on a bit of a Sorry, ruse mate. then. Yeah, I did. Um, well, it could did, be hot. Did, lands on some duvets. I don't know, mate. What does he, he land lands on? on hot garbage. Hot garbage. He lands into a garbage truck. Um it's not necessarily oh. hot. Oh boy, it's just because it's Why sunny. did you say it's just because you said hot <laughs> <laughs> You said hot and I said hot chocolate. Oh I thought you what? said hot chocolate and then I just No, was... you said hot and I went chocolate <laughs> Oh wow! I did. What's happening? I don't know. We're stuck in a feedback loop. This movie has drove drove us insane. <laughs> oh, brilliant! All right, right. So he's in some garbage hot. now. Okay. He's in some hot garbage, and so this is where he wakes up at his mansion the next day, and he's just sort what? of like, ah, you know, he's kind of like, wow, that was all a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> but was it's it a, Dallas? But was it a dream? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but was it a dream, Rob? No, that's right. It no, wasn't it wasn't a dream. Because then he screams in panic when he sees he's still wearing a Santa suit. And then Chaz <laughs> enters the room and informs him on how he ended up back home. He landed in the garbage truck, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now he's yeah, he's he's at home. But you know. What do you think he Hang does? Hang on, now? we got to cue cue the montage of um, him uh, suiting up and locking, loading, and and all that stuff, right? Well, pretty much. I would like to say it's more. It's not quite a montage, but yes, it is it is a scene of him readying up. But just before that, though, what happens is because they now need to figure out how they can create some sort of I don't know reason that the bad guys are able to continue out their plan. So they do this, Rob. This is what they do. It's very. Very stupid, really. Um, so he decides to immediately get on the phone and call up Leslie at the orphanage. But then what they've done is they've redirected his phone line somehow, even though he's on a mobile phone, <laughs> redirected it to Ebner's place where Dr. Blight is holding his dictaphone. I don't know why they keep using this as a device. And he is playing back Helen's voice that they've cut up into clips and clipped it together to make her sound like she's saying awful things to Santa, saying like, oh, we don't want God. you back here, etc. It's just such a bad, <laughs> it just doesn't make any we, sense. We, yeah, we hate reindeer, don't call her again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, eat shit, Santa, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> They don't say that, but, you know. <laughs> how did they? No, how did they do this? They were... <laughs> yeah. This is absolutely, yeah, of all the films we've watched, this is oh, actually. I know. Yeah, I mean, Landshark was. was Landshark had something... more, more continuity than this thing. I'm sorry <laughs> if I've really wasted did. your time and everyone that listens to No, time. no, no, it's been great. It has been it's great. It's a bizarre film. It's very but, strange. Like, on, on, when you try and compare them, I mean, Landshark, was about sharks on land and that has made more, more sense in this movie <laughs> i know yeah i know like the whole style of this film is basically like a 
like a kid's kind of cartoon kind of vibe. It all it reminded me a lot of Power Rangers. Do you remember like the 90s no. Power Rangers, the original Power Rangers, yeah. where it kind of had that sort of like soft martial arts fighting that was kind of entertaining at the time, but still kid friendly. Yeah. And then they kind of had these over the top, you know, character uh, cartoon styled characters. And then they also had that kind of like cheesy music um, when they would bring in, um, I can't remember their name, it was like the, the two bumbling idiots in, in the original Power oh, Rangers yeah. series. Yeah. It was like Bone and something, like Bone and Butthead or I don't know. Um, and they would <laughs> have that kind of like, thwomp, 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 you know, wah, wah, lots yeah. of trumpet, like kind of dirt, 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 all that stuff. So it's very oh, much God. like that. That's what's kind of happening. Right. Yeah, okay. just to kind of help well. out. So, okay, so they've somehow managed to pretend using the dictaphone to, um, to yeah, yes. splice up her voice and get him to say, ah, you're a dick, Santa, huh? you're shit. <laughs> yeah, kind, pretty much. So we cut back to the orphanage now, and they're all just kind of like hanging out. They're all kind of sad, like Santa's gone. Helen Chew's back on the news saying Santa's gone back to the North Pole for some bizarre reason. Um, and then we cue Mrs. Watt blowing the door open to the orphanage. That's it, Rob. You got it right. She came back. And so she blows that door open and Blight enters, spraying the area, disinfecting it, proclaiming that the field is sterilized, sir. And then enters. Who enters? Um, Mr. Frost. That's right, man. Mr. Frost. He's there. But he's there. <laughs> he's there in a suit um what's the kind of suit do you think he's wearing oh is it like a hazmat suit <laughs> it's a hazmat, hazmat <laughs> suit it's basically freaking dr evil man he's basically <laughs> in the dr evil hazmat suit essentially <laughs> so then we God cut to, yeah so we cut to frosty and the gang now in the catacombs trying to enter the vault and so this is where minute 69 comes in pretty much Right, okay, yes. Okay. So, yes, so Leslie's like... <laughs> yeah, so Leslie's like, let him go. We get the line that uh, about Lenny being a traitor and stuff, you know, it sort of comes out. That's when old Ebna Frost goes on that kind of rant. And then Leslie's like, let the kids go. But then but then Edna, Ebna Frost, sorry, Edna, Edna Frost. Leslie's like, let him go. But then Frost says... But who's going to do the mining? And then puts miners' hats on the kids. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hi ho. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, with the little torch on like that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that. they start just like, I can whistle now. Yeah. Pretty much. And so he puts the hats on the kids and then he says, like, you know, hey kids, you know, like you're gonna do something for me. You know, open and open the vault. And they play dumb, they say they don't know. Um, but this just angers Frosts and uh, Frost, and he just shouts, "Prepare them for mining!" And then, like, they sort of like whisk them off somewhere. And then an excited Doctor Flint, which you heard earlier, like in his like safari jungle outfit, is the one that's you know fires up the jackhammer trying to open the open the door. But that's when we cut to the outside noises that you heard, Rob. We cut back to Blake. He's now sitting out on his patio in a depressed manner eating like his breakfast when his staff tried to cheer him up with fighting antics like at the start of the movie so that's where the screaming was coming from right yes I so see. that's where pierre was screaming going arr, arr, arr. and that's why that's why <laughs> that's why um blake was like oh thanks pierre you know like thanks for trying to cheer me up but um yeah. Not really in the mood for kicking ass, you know. Yeah, I just I'm really feeling down about being called shit Santa and yeah, 
I mean, yeah. That's it. Who am I? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. He's kind of gone on that. He rem- For some reason, he remembers how he felt beforehand. And that's also another random thing, you know, another trope kind of, yeah, kind of comes into it. But um, so, yes. So, but then at this point, something obviously has to happen. How does, what is the catalyst for him going back? Mm. Is it uh, is it the reporter or something that gets it involved or it's not the reporter it's... it's someone who was by his side for quite a lot it's someone who maybe not a Lenny Bened- it's Lenny the Benedict Arnold he's clearly had a change of heart and he calls him oh. up telling him everything that's happening basically runs him through the whole you know the vault the the fact they're there and all the stuff the mining getting the kids to mine all that stuff runs runs him down on the whole shebang. And that's when Blake readies his staff and they all hop in the Hummer as Blake proclaims, <laughs> let's spread some Christmas cheer. Music builds <laughs> as they roll out. But then, who should we see? Who should make an appearance again, Rob? Uh, oh, it's the cops. It's the cops. That's right, my friend. Ding, ding. So they come back again and they see the Hummer speeding by and then old Clint Cop proclaims, the terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> and so we end up in another we end up in another chase as Blake instructs his chef because they're, they're all they've all piled into the back of the car like the butcher the baker the fucking candlestick maker they're all in the back of the car all wearing their respective you know costumes essentially you've got the chef the gardener the butler and so they start doing some hilarious hijinks as Blake instructs his chef to pour out some of Blake's own salad dressing, only free calories, out onto the road so that it creates a slick and all the cars start sliding around. (laughs) And it looks like they've lost them, but when they turn a corner, only to be met by... What are they met by? They turn a corner, they think they've lost the cops, but then... Uh, Oh no. Uh, It's for the ice cream van? It's not the ice cream van. It's um, it's just a roadblock. They're just met by a roadblock. Oh, yeah. more cops. Sorry, right. No, okay. yeah, more cops. God damn it. Yeah, where have they been? They've been nowhere. They've actually <laughs> done nothing exactly. this whole time. <laughs> exactly. This is what I mean. This movie doesn't make any sense. Like the cops are basically the bad guys in this movie as well because they're kind of they're getting in Santa's way as he's trying to do his mission. <laughs> and so, do they just drive straight through? Oh boy! Well, they don't just drive straight through right away. They kind of go around it. But I think you're gonna like it, my friend. Okay. So they turn the corner and they're met by the police roadblock. And then Clint, the Clint Howard, the actor, is there. And he then actually we finally get his name because he's like, he's he sort of laughs to himself and goes like, "That's what you get for messing with Thomas P. Hinckley." And he sort of looks on victoriously. <laughs> When one of the cops in the roadblock goes to the trunk of his car, pops it open, and what do you think he does? He gets a bazooka. He gets a bazooka. No way! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! He pulls out a bazooka. (laughs) Amazing! Yes! I know, it had to happen. We've had a dry spell on the bazookas. <laughs> oh, I yes, that's it. I could die happy now. Fantastic. <laughs> that's it. You basically have to watch this movie for that one thing now. <laughs> Chaz says, like, is surrendering an option, sir? And then Blake says, what's rule number 20, Chaz? And then Chaz ah. says, never surrender. 
The cop has the Hummer in his sights and fires the bazooka, but Blake <laughs> plays a game of chicken driving towards it, but then swerves at the last moment, causing the <laughs> rocket to fire into Hinkley's car, exploding it. Poor old Hinkley. <laughs> oh. They're now at the orphanage, but they pull a home alone. Blake instructs Chaz to uh, hook it up or electrify. I can't remember what he says. He has like a phrase he uses like, you know, for the action or whatever. But basically what they do is they hook up the car battery to the door handle and knock on the door. <laughs> and then the goon opens the door, but obviously gets electrocuted. So, you know, oh, just did a bit God. of a home alone thing. And the kids are now being held in the kitchen when Blake peeks through the window and an ecstatic Elizabeth sees sees uh, Santa, sees Blake. Um, and of course now the jig is up because the bad guy watching him sees him too. But then Blake bursts through the door, like immediately taking out the guard as if he just basically walked right through him because he just walks straight over to the kids as if nothing happened. It's a very bizarre scene. And he gets them out of there where, where Elizabeth says something like, you're not really Santa. And then like Blake kind of looks on a little bit, you know, like, oh no. But then it's a bit of a fake out because Elizabeth says, you're better. Ha. Oh, wow. Shit. What a sweet wow. one. Yeah. They get out of there and they do a Scooby-Doo sneak across the halls. But Blake is grabbed dinky, by dinky, Mrs. Dinky, dinky. Watt. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. And then <laughs> he's grabbed by Mrs. Watt and dragged through a red curtain. And they're now in the sort of church part. And now what do you think happens? Oh, are these bloody fairies turn up today? No, the fairies don't turn up. But who does turn up? It's a massive henchman in another lab coat. And basically Mrs. Watt drags him into this like area, but then doesn't actually beat him up herself, but calls in like another goon who rips open his lab coat to show his glistening oiled abs. And then he st- <laughs> then he stumps on the ground like Hitachi from, uh, like from Tekken. Do you remember Tekken? Like the yeah, fighting yeah. game, like like the Hitachi character, just does this like sumo stomp as like the whole place yeah. kind of sort of shakes. It's like, Rawr. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but then what does Blake do? He takes on a karate kid pose and then just stomps on one of the church pews, knocking the guy out immediately. Pointless. <laughs> Absolutely pointless. For sake. <sighs> but then... We have Lenny, and Lenny appears, and he takes out Mrs. Watt by dumping a bucket of water on her, electrocuting her, and potentially killing her. I don't know. Doesn't really. Well, if you don't see her die, she's not dead. She's not dead, exactly. That's right. Sequel, mate. I'll tell you, this is getting a sequel. <laughs> yeah, sequel's called Too Shocking. <laughs> yeah. High voltage. <laughs> Blake, he goes looking for Leslie and Clayton, and they're just in a back room somewhere, and then Blake kicks the door down and the door just flies off like just sort of like in its position it doesn't sort of fall over it just like flies you know kind of like moving horizontally across the room yeah and then for no reason at all Clayton tells Blake that Blake's real name is Blake Choice. Blake Chochevsky. <laughs> and that Blake used to be at the orphanage and Ebna was there too. <gasps> and Blake was his best friend. Oh, sorry, Ebna was what? his best friend. Oh, Blake, yeah, was Ebna's best friend. Ebna Frost? Yes, Ebna Frost was also at the orphanage, what? Rob, and they were best friends. No way. But he doesn't remember any of this for some reason. <laughs> what? So the... <laughs> We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> Humble beginnings. One took the light path, the other took the dark path. Exactly right. <laughs> what? It's so stupid. Yeah, so he tells him that his name is Blake 
Trochevsky. I, I don't know how to spell it. I just sort of wrote it down from what I heard. And he just says that, yes, that Blake used to be an orphan at the orphanage. And also on top of that, him and Ebner were both there and they were both bezzy mates, apparently. <laughs> God's sake. So what happened? How did he become so evil? So deliciously evil and invent the question mark. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't really know if that gets explained. But what we do know is that they are now in the vault area and Blake manages to get down to where Ebner is. Um, there's a small scene before that where Leslie's in a bit of trouble when Lechie Dr. Blight is on top of her. But then the kids turn up Ooh. and lock him in the freezer. So it's all fine. Oh, well done, kids. So Blake heads down to uh, where the vault door is. Uh, Flint's still trying to get in. And then Blake says, I can't let you do this, Ebby. As if, like, he's got a nickname for him now. And then Ebner goes, Ebby? Blake, what's wrong? Uh, Ebner, I haven't heard that since we were kids. And then he goes, Blake? Blake Chorchevsky? <laughs> so you're the one who's been causing all my pain. I was like, why is it turning into a Bond movie? <laughs> And then Blake's like, maybe, maybe I have, but I'm going to put a stop to all of this. And then Ebner's like, oh, you're going to stop me? And then Blake's like, you got it. So, yeah, so we don't actually, don't. there's no explanation <laughs> to why he becomes evil, but they just shoehorn in a kind of weird, because he's there in his hazmat suit. So it's like a proper like, yeah, we're not so different, you and I, Mr. Powers. <laughs> it's freaking freezing in here, Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> well, there you go. Old Blight's now Mr. Bigglesworth because he's in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this movie. Wow. What a, what a twist. Yeah, I know. It predates Lost in Powers by a year, mate. I'm saying they took from it. They stole from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. They, oh, dear. They, they, they. Yeah, but they must have been furious with old Mike Myers. Oh, must have. So, obviously, they're in a place together. So what do you think is going to happen? They're now in the vault cave area together. They've got this history. He's going to stop him. He's going to have to... Well, they're going to, is he going to start throwing some crystals at him? Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. I'll give you that because this is what happens, Rob. Are you ready? Strap in. I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Grab your Tim Foyle Santa hat and come on, let's go. So Dr. Flint, he gets the door open and starts la starts laughing maniacally as Ebner runs into the vault, swinging the door open, slamming it into Flint, knocking him against the cave wall and knocking him out. He could be dead. We don't know. But we don't see him die. Sequel. Um, Blake takes chase and we get a whole... Um, yeah, like I said before, the whole like, we're not so different, you and I, as they sort of play cat and mouse going around through the caverns, whilst all the pezzioelectric crystals are the sort of above them, like glowing and pulsating. But then we cue both of them grabbing a crystal each. Bear in mind, Rob, these are meant to be the crystals that if you drop them, they'll blow up, right? So they grab two crystals out of the rock, and they are long. They are phallic. They are sword-like. So then, what do they do? <laughs> have a sword fight. <laughs> they have a sword fight with these crystals. And they use them as swords, but they don't blow up. Yeah, it's strange. But Blake gets knocked to the ground and he loses his crystal, uh, so his crystal sword into this abyss that's just there for some strange reason, only for that, that to happen, basically. He's turning into Indiana Jones now. Yeah, but fear not, as Tyler, the kid, pulls a scene from it and he uses his slingshot to fire rocks at Ebner. It just reminded me of like it, you know, with the kids 
like firing the slingshots. Yeah, 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 yeah. This gives time for Blake to get up and strike Ebby down for a good. But all this activity, Rob, it's causing, you know, some things to happen. All this commotion has caused vibrations. And what does vibrations do to these crystals, Rob? They explode. That's rad. It makes them create electricity from nowhere and then explode, apparently. So it's it's all glowing. It's all pulsating. It's all a rumbling. So Sarah says, rapid vibrations are causing an energy buildup. Elizabeth goes, in English, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she has a lisp now, but it was just really annoying. And that like kiddie little lisp kind of thing. And then Dr. Flint goes, oh, sorry, he does wake up because uh, Dr. Flint goes, it's gonna blow. But they all make it to safety. But the orphanage isn't so lucky, Rob. They all look on from the street as pulses of light seem to dissolve the building rather than blowing it up. It doesn't actually explode. It just sort of pulsates and then in a weird kind of like poltergeist thing sort of implodes on itself and just sort of dissolves. Oh dear. Old Hinkley, Thomas P. Hinkley rocks up and he's in his cop car but it's now just a burnt out wreck with two windscreen wipers just sort of moving and there's no windscreen, there's no top to the car, it's just a shell. Police academy stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So we get a Scooby-Doo style wrap up as Ebner's gang are rounded up and thrown into the back of the paddy wagon as a Dr. Blight still frozen in a cartoonish a uh, cartoonish way a sort of clown music plays <laughs> yeah exactly like. and he actually gets to say I want to get away with you if it were for you pesky kids <laughs> pretty much yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much that no oh, oh, no it's, it's terrible it's just so many it's so anticlimactic because yeah they made out this whole thing about these crystals exploding and then this it just implodes kind of on itself and they were worth millions as well I know millions apparently but then the real question, Rob, is where are they going to go? What are they going to do? They're going to go to Blake's house. That's right. Because Leslie's like, where are we going to go now? And Blake says, he knows a place that's available. Cut to Blake's mansion as we pan across the yard and all of our colourful characters are there. The kids, uh, Lenny, and Leslie and good old Clayton. They're all just having a good time. The kids are running around and bubbles and streamers are flying about, etc. And Elizabeth says, Wow, a Christmas miracle. I do believe in you, Blake. Aww. To which Blake smiles and shouts a ho, ho, ho. Throws his Santa hat as it lands in a bush. And the camera pans, holds on the hat. And deck the halls start a playing, and we roll <laughs> credits. <laughs> what a ridiculous bloody film! Wow, it really uh, is. <laughs> I enjoyed that though. That was crazy. It's nuts, wow. mate. I just it just didn't make any sense. What are your thoughts? <laughs> My thoughts are: I don't even remember how it started or why this was what was going on but uh yeah there was two there was so much going on at the beginning it was difficult there was. to and uh, yeah i mean they it's i mean does this film called loose threads or something what what is <laughs> would you like what, to know uh, what this movie's called yeah i would never be able to guess at this so it's got santa in the title it, do you, i don't know if you want to take a guess from that but um it, uh, um Santa's an orphan or something. 
Santa Geddon. No, um, it's called <laughs> Santa with muscles. What? And, and, <laughs> and not what, never... not like a dish, not like you know with a side of like moles oh. marinier. No, I would never, ever, ever <laughs> guess that. <laughs> <laughs> Santa with that muscles. makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> oh, Jesus! I know Christ. it's it's, and also the other thing about this movie is it's meant to be a Christmas movie. It's got Santa in the title and all the rest of it. But I held back earlier um, on where or the or sort of the setting because it is like set in like LA basically. So it's just sunny the whole time. <laughs> and there's and the only Christmas tree we see is the Christmas tree that gets dragged away on the ground at the beginning. <laughs> and the only mention or sort of like hint of Christmas outside of the mall scene is the fact that, yeah, he's in a Santa outfit. And even later on at the end there, he's not in a Santa outfit anymore. He's just wearing a Santa hat. So, <laughs> so dumb. So oh, they couldn't wait to get you know to to cut the uh, the Santa outfit so he's got his guns out and he like that was yeah oh, exactly. Wow. And I, I mean yeah, it was definitely better to unravel the movie without seeing it. I think I think uh, oh, yeah. I was lucky that I got to experience it uh, in this format because otherwise I don't think I'd have, I'd enjoyed it as much. No, definitely not. I'm gonna I'll be honest. It was kind of hard to watch. I sort of had I sort of committed to it. Um, you know, uh, once I got into it because I was like, well, I've picked this one now to stick with it. But it was it kind of hard to watch because I would recommend this movie as a Christmas Day film to just put on in the background. Right. Like you don't want to watch this on the run up to Christmas. It's not going to get you Christmassy. And I think if you've got younger kids, probably like sort of maybe like ages of 11 and and lower, this is kind of something you can just chuck on and they probably will love it um, because it's just like watching. Like I say, it felt like watching an episode of like a Saturday uh, morning cartoon sort of um, thing in in the nineties. Basically, it was kind of like I say Power Rangers, mm. Power Rangers esque uh, for wow. me. Um, and yeah, wow. yeah, it's just. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It, it feels like if you sort of watched, if you started watching from the beginning, you would think, oh, I'm gonna have a feeling it's gonna go this way. But then if you sort of come back, had some dinner, come back half an hour later, it'd be a completely different movie. Oh, 100%. And, you know, that you wouldn't know. You'd think, oh, it's a new movie that started. I think there's too many, well, just too many characters, not enough. Uh, it was just like you say, they just put, oh, we better put this in to make it make sense. And they thought that maybe they just, they almost made it as they went along and they got lost mm-hmm. and they forgot and they they, they, bunk, they banged their head and forgot what the hell they were doing, I think. <laughs> I think you're right there. Because, yeah, like it doesn't make any sense why there's, why is there an evil germophobic scientist that's got a bunch of weird, you know, knockoff X-Men as, as his henchmen? And it's meant to be a Christmas film. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like most of it, really, the, like I say, is very, the, the, you know the the connection it has to, to Christmas is very weak, and the very. connection it has with all the other characters between each other is pretty weak. Definitely, you know. Oh, well, if you want to watch a stupid movie that makes no sense, then and you really don't like Christmas that much, then watch this movie. Definitely. Well, I've got another reason why you should watch this movie because we've got a few things we still need to cover. Rob, you don't know who the main actor is yet. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, let's put the side of bacon in for that then. Okay, so our bacon number for the main actor is a bacon number of two, and they were in Ooh. Gremlins 2, the new batch, with a guy called Frank Weller, who was also in Tremors, uh, who, which obviously stars Kevin Bacon. 
So is it the main kid that's in... Um... It's not the main kid, no. From Gremlins, oh, no. Who's in the Gremlins? It's that I probably know. someone that's more of a cameo in the Gremlins. Oh, sugar. I can't remember who was that. I don't remember who it is. Would you like to know who it is, Rob? Yeah, I'm going to kick myself, aren't I? It's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Hulk Hogan. Of course it is. <laughs> yep. It's and so the wrestling, nuts. yes, because you said about the wrestling move. There was a little clue earlier. Yeah, I, I tried to drop that in that. there for you because I thought, Damn yeah. It. And then when we started this out, when you said about The Rock, I thought I'd drop in a wrestler just to try to set your mind, or try to inception oh, you. Damn it. Yeah, I did pick up on what you said and I thought about them and I just think I just got so lost in the this movie that I yeah didn't think about it again. But, oh, man, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh. I know. And so this was released the same year as Jingle All The Way. And it is like the it's like as if someone watched Jingle All The Way and then got hammered and then tried to explain it to someone. (laughs) And then that person then also got drunk and then explained what they remembered about what the first person had said. And then we ended up with this film like it's a Chinese whispers version. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. I mean, Hulk Hogan. I've yeah. definitely seen a film with Hulk Hogan in, like, I'm sure he's done, he's done a couple. He's done a couple of movies. He has, movies, yeah, he? he has done a few. Uh, God, uh, yeah, wow, Hulk Hogan. Oh, I'm gonna come <laughs> in there and I'm gonna do it. He's uh. like that, isn't he? That's yeah. how he talks. But it's so oh. bad though. Like the acting is just god awful, um, and the dialogue in this film is is pretty bad too. Like I didn't have much flip the script stuff because. There was just stuff that wasn't funny. Like it did, it wasn't bad <laughs> funny. It was just straight up bad. Like it didn't oh really, God. you know, it was just nonsensical. Um, like again, why the hell does Elizabeth at one point go, I thought my mum was a snake. I just, why? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? Like, oh dear. It's bizarre. Is there any other people that we know in this movie? No, not really. Well, it's, yeah. So it's got let's, um, let's have a Mila Kunis it, and Hulk Hogan. And then I think... The guy playing Lenny is someone that is, I think, also from that 70s show, which obviously starred Mila Kunis as well. So I think there's like a weird little, um, you know, throwback there or whatever, or throw forward go. in that case. Hang on, I'm just looking on the Don... Oh, yeah, Don Stark. Uh, but one uh, thing that is recommended, or I would recommend, if you are going to put this on for your kids, um, it could still be fun for you because I've found a article that has tried to make it into a drinking game <laughs> this film <laughs> and so essentially the main article is basically don't watch this movie it's it's the worst basically like um but then they've still gone on and created like a list of rules of when you can drink and when to have what beer when um and yeah so they've got like a few here it's like take a drink every time someone attacks hulk hogan with a candy cane uh take a drink every time hulk complains that uh, the picture on the can of his protein powder is not big enough. Um, take a drink every time he mentions one of his rules. And yeah, so it kind of goes on like that. And then there's oh, like, okay. do a shot for the line, Santa, you slay me. <laughs> <laughs> so take a drink every time a crystal explodes. Um, well, there's there's Ed, ba- Ed Bailey Jr. in this. He's Ebna Frost. Oh, who's, who is he though? I don't know He's him. been in other films. I recognize him. I definitely recognize him. Um, okay well, there you go yeah yeah sorry and then um yeah well that's great someone's made that someone's <laughs> someone's made a drinking game that does sound fun because that, right. that would definitely make it more fun wouldn't it yeah i'll send you a link there um 
But yeah, well, we can probably post the link maybe to that drinking game on the Instagram there. Yeah, I that's reckon, a good idea. Possible, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely. We can try to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that is Santa with muscles. It, like I say, just seemed to be like someone had watched Jingle All The Way or had got wind of it maybe when it was in production because obviously they came out the same year and was just like, we're going to do that, you know. We're going to do wow. it better. Would oh, you like to know the last other little fact that I have about this film? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Come across. Okay, so the director isn't really anything. He's just a guy who's done a lot of, um, you know, made-for-TV kind of stuff, like very much in this same bad vein, I guess, really. Yeah. Um, but one of the producers from the movie um, would have come to fame in the, you know, the modern uh, pop culture psyche recently because... One of the producers of this movie is Jordan Belford, uh, the real Wolf of oh. Wall Street. <laughs> oh, well, no way. <laughs> he was one of the sake. producers credited on this film. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. look, I mean, I, I kind of think that the movie Wolf of Wall Street is all nonsense now because clearly this guy is terrible with money. He is terrible <laughs> putting he money had into so this. so much of it. He just decided, uh, I, I like Hulk Hogan. There's, uh, oh, there's, oh, this is just, I've seen a picture as well. There's, Hulk Hogan with his um, guns out wearing his <laughs> basically nothing um, yeah. as Santa with two goons he's holding yeah. up by their shirt. Like and those two goons in that picture, I don't even know if they feature in the film. <laughs> <laughs> There's just two random people he's holding up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, that Jordan Belfort. Yeah, that's um, that's a, that's a nice little fun fact there. Yeah, just a nice... Last little Christmas treat for you, mate. You know, it's like that one chocolate coin that you had in the little money bag on the tree. It had rolled away under the couch and you sort of found it sort of mid-January. <laughs> well, thanks, Mark. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was, even though the movie was terrible, that, that definitely made it more, and a much more enjoyable experience and, and just not knowing which way it was going to go next. I, uh, I enjoyed that. Well, I'm glad, sir. You are welcome. And you can watch this on Amazon Prime. It's on there. So you don't have to rent it. You don't have to pay any extra money. If you've already got a Prime membership, it's for free. Aren't you so lucky? <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know what the best part was, Mark? What's that? The bazooka! <laughs> it was definitely the bazooka. Actually, when that when that finally came up, I was like, I think we can keep this movie now. It's <laughs> We can keep it. Yeah. Oh, that's just so good. It's so satisfying. Well, it is. I guess. I guess we hopefully that you never know what movie I'm gonna find next. I have one lined up actually, and uh, it looks. Yeah. I mean, I, I. I mean, it's probably not gonna rival. I mean, it might rival yours, but I don't think the nonsense is oh, quite that level. I know. Um, well, I mean, we hadn't well. really touched much on. Um, I guess sort of we've done maybe some sort of family films, but then this one was like really kind of like I say, yeah, kind of going off the the edge into like actual kid movie, like made for kids almost, you know, um, compared to say, I don't know, like say something like Jingle All The Way, it, it is kind of like, you, it, yeah, an all-rounder. I feel like the family can watch it. So, yeah, I think if we ever end up in this situation, yeah, I think kids films can obviously, they kind of have free reign to just be actually ridiculous, right? Because yeah. they're, oh, no yeah. One, yeah, you know, they're not, they're making it for eight-year-olds. They're not questioning their logic. Absolutely not, no. And I think that's definitely, I think in the future we'll have to do a, 
a you know a section of kid you know kids movies from the 80s or something like that because there'll be some absolute gems in there. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely in the 80s. Yeah, they they were getting away with all sorts of bad animatronic robots. Basically, once <laughs> ET came out, it was a race to basically try and make the next ET, and therefore. There's a lot of low budget spin-offs. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely should do that. That's that's a good idea. I've got I have got some kids movies lined up actually that I, I thought about that. So um Cool. There, there there must be some absolute gems. So yeah, well, okay. Well I hope you enjoyed that everyone. And if you've got any film suggestions, whether they're Christmas or not, um send them into um podavclub69 at gmail.com uh, or if you want to just write anything in tell us what you think let us know and we're welcome to well it, hopefully it's nice stuff but if not so be it yeah yeah, yeah that's it so uh, but yeah I guess until next time hope everyone has a good week and we shall uh, reconvene with the nonsense next Friday yes we shall alright lights up everyone get <laughs> out goodbye see ya <laughs>